Guess what, everybody? Today we are doing Passions Live. Passions Podcast Live. <laughs> so I'm Latara. I'm Laura. And welcome to Passions, Passions Podcast. Podcast. All right, so it's going to be a very different show today, starting with the Passions theme song. <laughs> Thanks to Zach for giving us this idea, because I don't think we would have done this. Right? No, but we could do it. Yeah, no, Why we, not? Can, we can easily Let's do give it. this a let whirl. Me, let me pull up the music, the music, <laughs> the music. I, I would hold the hand of the one who can lead me places and kiss the lips of the one who can sing so sweet. And I would fly on the wings of a bird and it could take me higher. Yeah, so what we're doing today is we are recording our podcast for Monday, but it's a special podcast because we have reached the 100th episode, the finale of season one of Passions, uh, and on top of it, we have something else to celebrate, which is the election of the of the next president of the United States of America. So yes! if, you have, if you have a drink, if you have some champagne, some water, some wine, whatever, a yes, fork, sh- whatever yes, you have, champs. we have a little celebration cheers cheers to america to democracy to democracy to america to joe fucking biden and kamala harris this and is definitely a, kamala this harris is a historic moment he couldn't have done it without her no he could not he had to choose her and he couldn't have done it without us the people who voted for him you're damn you know? right so cheers cheers cheers, cheers. <laughs> and i will be sipping on this throughout the right, throughout the podcast I we've need got some a whole bottle already a whole bottle so, what comes next? What, what comes, comes next? next? Well, I think the first thing we should do is talk through um, another article that Zach, our historian, sent us. It was a really great article entitled New Soap, Feeding the Public's Passion for the Bazaar, written by Laura Debrizzi and Douglas Perry. And it's posted uh, in the Chicago Tribune uh, back from November 19th, 1999. It is a long article, so we're not going to read the whole thing, but I do want to talk through a couple key components that I find interesting. Yes, let's do it. All right, great. So I love the very first line, where has the love gone? (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's what critics of the controversial new soap opera Passions are asking. Daytime TV is supposed to be about beautiful people, relationships, and sex, sex, sex. (laughs) Oh my gosh, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. So why is the newest serial on air populated not with pumped and primped pinups, but with a gross-out, malevolent witch, an introspective talking doll, and a morbid subplot involving Princess Diana that made Buckingham Palace cry foul. She has no imagination. (laughs) Well, they talk about this later in the article and talk about why uh, Passions has kind of taken this turn. And uh, they discuss basically the, I'll just quote, um, critics and viewers who see Passions' weirdness as a final sign of daytime's coming demise. Teens, however, are loving every oddity of the show, and that, say TV insiders, is the point. So it's bringing in the imagination of the youth, the, the people who they were kind of driving this material towards when Passions aired in yeah. 1999, which is young people. Yeah, that makes. I mean, I watched it. I was 10 when this came out. I didn't, I, I didn't, but I didn't watch anything. So. And I was super into it. I was yeah. really into Passions. Like I watched it all the way up until I went to college. Through once I went to college, because mm-hmm. it went off the air in what 2008. 
I, yeah. from what I can tell, a lot of people, like all of my friends know what it is. They were like, oh, you're watching Passions? You're talking about pa-. I used to watch that all the time. Once I started watching it, I didn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't seem to stop. It's addictive. This show is so ridiculously, amazingly wonderful. I love it. But um, I love this quote too. If Passions is perceived in some sense to be innovative, then kids could take it, take to it like a moth to delight. They could make it their own, internet it to death and make it very popular. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I'm considered a kid any longer. I'm probably too old for but that. But then I was. But then I was. And now yeah. we are interneting it to death. Look at us. Yeah. We- <laughs> Look at us. Slaves to the internet. Oh, goodness. I love it. I, you know, I, I made a um, joke that's not really a joke, but how people are talking about the new, the next civil war, the next civil war. I was like, no, nothing's going to happen unless y'all turn off the internet. Cause there's too much Netflix to watch. There's too much Hulu. Like there's some, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of crazies who might go out and do some crazy things. But the vast majority of people are like a little too wrapped up in the internet. Like until you turn off the internet, you're not going to get people a, a lot, a huge uprising unless something crazy yeah. happens. Well, that's like the next frontier, right? Everyone's worrying about cybersecurity, has yeah. been worried, but and rightly so, about cybersecurity. Yeah, but, you know, as long as the Netflix is working. As long as the, as long you'll as find the me Netflix at home. is working, I'll be at home watching Passions. <laughs> you'll find me at home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's talk about the storyline. Oh, wait. Oh. Tony says, Tony says, in 1999, there was a huge buzz about supernatural elements in daytime TV because of Days of Our Lives. James E. Riley, creator of Passions, was the head writer of Days that time. Oh, I lost the rest of it. We don't. We're we're learning how to. This is our first. Oh uh, no, that was the end of Instagram. It. Live. But yeah, no, I remember. Um, he was the head writer of Days, and I think around this days there was like this whole crazy, and I think I've said this before, storyline about Marlena being possessed by a demon. <laughs> she had to be like exercised. <laughs> Yeah. By Father Lonigan. And you know, a little, <laughs> a little crossover, a little daytime soap crossover. Yeah. That's where it all started. <laughs> so, yeah. So, sorry. The, so the supernatural element, I think people are always interested in that though. If you look back on, on all of performance, performance art, it kind of comes and goes in waves, but there are moments where people really are like, it, it, it moves them. And, and there's like this big move towards supernatural stuff Yeah, and the unknown and yeah. witches and wizards and magic and. Then we come back around and then we go into like surrealism and then it comes back to hyper reality. And you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and we and also like, we were all super into Harry Potter at this point. That's true. You know, like that was a big thing, but yeah. Um, director uncut asks, um, did you subscribe to direct TV just to see the last few months? And I did not, but my grandma had direct TV. So I literally would go to her house and have it like DVR'd and would watch it at her house. Oh yeah. And your when grandma, I, did she like know what you were watching? Well, I was a, I was in college at this oh, point, okay. so she didn't care. That's but okay. um yeah, no, when I came home on breaks, I would watch it on direct TV at my grandma's house. Yep. I was I was a you fan. Were, you were a fan. I was very upset when it got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hope it well d- don't spoil because so I'm the one who hasn't seen this before. If you haven't figured it so out yet, I'm reading this. Oh, so if there's anything <laughs> yeah, like big which spoilers, is, which I won't is say good, anything. but yeah, you know, just just so everyone knows. And there were some spoilers at the beginning when we first started the podcast, but our listeners and our followers have been really good about backing off, which I really I appreciate because they're doing that, you know, for me because I asked them to, and I really yeah. appreciate it because I know y'all want to talk about this and like dive into material that's like way beyond season one. 
And a great place for you to do that is actually on our website where we have a fan forum that I'm not really moderating the way that I do the other socials. So mm-hmm. you can you can watch episodes and you can talk about them uh, on the forum and definitely check that out. Yes. Uh, so go on. Let's go on with this review. Yeah, here. let's keep going. OK, so um, I, I liked this part because they t- kind of talked about the history of soap operas a little bit. They mm-hmm. say. If soap operas want to survive, Riley, the head writer, says its creators and writers and network backers must keep an open mind. Magical attributes are vitally important to storytelling, and so are cliffhangers. Mm, very true. Very true. Very true. You ever read The Da Vinci Code? I saw the movie. <laughs> every I'm not kidding. Every chapter is three pages long and ends on a cliffhanger. It was the most like annoying thing to read because for me, I'm a big reader, and I love to like get to the end of a chapter. Be like, okay, put it down come back to it the next time I'm going to read. I swear when I was reading those Dan Brown books, it was just like every chapter was what literally two pages, three pages. They were tiny and they were all cliffhanger endings. So there was never a good place to stop. I had to like stop in the middle of a chapter. He wants you to keep reading. Oh, I kept reading. But anyway, uh, after all, the strange happenings on Passions that they may have a postmodern twist are hardly anything new to the field. Passions is not making fun of the genre, insists Susan Lee, senior vice president of daytime programs at NBC. I think soap operas have forgotten their own history. They've always been larger than life. And yeah, I, I. That's true. Isn't that. A, yeah. I think that's a good point because. Oh, go ahead. No. Have you ever seen Dark Shadows? My aunt mm-hmm. was a big fan of Dark Shadows. And it was a soap opera in like the 60s and 70s, I think. But we, I would watch it with her sometimes, and it was, it was like these fucking vampires. Like it was a, a soap opera about a vampires. Soap opera, yeah, it was, it was, it was. I haven't watched a whole whole lot of it, but I used to watch it with her sometimes. She loved it, and uh, they remade. They didn't make the whole show, but they made that movie. Johnny Depp was in it. Dark Shadows. Oh, I've. I missed out on like tw- the first 20 years of my that, life yeah. and all of the entertainment around it, I that guess. Was like a, that was a few years ago now. I don't, I don't remember how yeah. long it was, but yeah. So at the end of this article, I loved this. We see Passion's website as giving viewers access to all sorts of information so that they can enjoy the show more and feel they have secret information. Mm. And I think that's, mm. I just think it's so cool that this kind of cult classic and the way that people digest this material has continued on even kind of accidentally in our case yeah you know (laughs) like we didn't know this and yet it's still happening there's still this cult following people love this show yeah um so needless to say there will be commercial applications to go along with the pr boom fans of the show shouldn't be surprised if they can if sorry fans of the show shouldn't be surprised if they can soon add a timmy doll to their cyber shopping cart (laughs) (laughs) that'd be the scariest toy can you imagine like being (laughs) being like 12 years old and opening up like a Timmy doll at Christmas. I'd throw up. <laughs> or for your birthday. Oh my gosh, you kidding me? What but if it like came to in, life? In doll form. The doll, the doll the to doll me is scary. The doll is creepy. And what if it just, what if it actually, okay, let's suspend reality. Let's go into a little magical realism moment here. What if it fucking came to life? You burn it. <laughs> That's when you burn it. I'm burning you. That, I mean, have you ever seen any of those Child's Play movies? No. No. No, haven't. I haven't seen anything. But that's what Chucky is. It's a doll that comes to life. Yeah, okay. I yeah. know that reference at And least. you should burn it. Well, they try to burn it in those movies. They, they can't kill him. They should call Tabitha. Doll. They should call Tabitha. She's good at burning things. She. Oh, my God. She's obsessed with fire. Now we know why, though. It's her modus operandi. Yeah. 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 Now we do know why. All right. So let me just finish this one out. So they may bring big profits back to daytime TV. But will it bring Riley what he perhaps craves even more? Do I think Passions deserves to win an Emmy? Asks the soap opera world's Maverick before answering his, Maverick before answering his own question. 
Absolutely. It will win an Emmy when people realize that Passions is one of the gang. And Zach followed this article up by saying, Passions did win five daytime Emmys during its run, three for original song, one for music direction, and one for sound mixing. Yeah, and you know what? Those songs are, like, catchy. And and they're daytime Emmys. And most, a lot of shows don't have, like, a soundtrack with songs. You know what I mean? Cross my heart, hope hope to die. die. There's a new one. So good. In the episodes we just watched for next week, Mm -hmm. there's a new one that I can't wait to debut. (laughs) And I, I would debut it now, but... I can't remember it. I'm going to have Well, we'll save I that. wrote it down. We'll save that for season two anyway. This I is a season down. one kind of wrap up. Yeah. So we'll we'll jump into new soundtrack material. All right. Let's take, let me say some things. That yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Zach says, Laura hasn't seen anything. LOL. <laughs> Zach is dragging me. Yeah, it's no, so I, true, haven't, though. I haven't seen shit. shit. I haven't seen shit. Let me, so Zach, uh, <laughs> I start, I literally started watching television like when Lost came out and I was ending high school going into college at, at the time. That's like the first show that I really started to watch. And I was like eight, 17, 18. No, I haven't seen anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. So sweetheart Lauren D says, hi, Latara and Lauren. Hi. hi. I mean, Laura, not Lauren. She's Lauren. You're Laura. I'm Laura. It's okay. Um, hi. She also says, this is an amazing podcast that is underrated. I agree. Aww. I agree. Thank you. Very, very much. Thank you. And she says, you guys are so beautiful. Aww. Well, look, if you had seen me for the past 10 months, I put on makeup. I put on a bra for y'all today. We pulled it together. <laughs> we pulled it together. You should have seen it like 30 minutes ago in here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, uh, director Uncut says, did we ever learn what was in T.C. Russell's first full, what was T.C. Russell's first full name? I don't think so. We haven't yet. We and don't I don't yet. think it ever comes up. We can name him. I'm going to call him Thompson. Thompson Craig. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say Thompson Carson for some reason. Oh, but that's okay. That's stupid. How about, I like Craig. How about, uh, I can't think of anything. Thelonious. No, I'm just Thelonious thinking. Monk. Like Thelonious Monk. Yeah. Thelonious Christopher. No, Thompson Craig is a good name. Got it. We did it. Done. His name is, we have definitively looked up and researched the fact <laughs> that TC's name is Thompson Craig. Thompson Craig. All right, let's keep going. Let's you got do more it. of this or you want to go on to this? No, I think let's, let's talk about season one. Okay. So let's go through some major storylines, talk about characters, what we do and don't like, and then we'll get to some more questions as they come. And then as, as if we don't come across it here, we'll talk about it afterwards. I got to say, I'm loving this. I was really, I'm going to be honest, I was so nervous. I'm still very nervous. Uh, yeah. And it's its just, it's weird because like we are very used to being on stage, but being kind of like on camera is a, is a different animal. Um, and it's not something I've ever really been comfortable with. I don't like it. So, but I think having stuff to do is good. Like we're kind of managing yeah, all these I different feel things. Ve- like I do feel like I'm very busy. Yeah. Which is yeah. nice. And honestly, look, a little, little liquid encouragement doesn't, doesn't hurt. I haven't had enough. Have a little bit more. Oh, sweetheart Lauren says, Terrence Chad, since he hates Chad. <laughs> <laughs> he um, likes Chad. He kind of like, he's nicer to Chad than Eve is. Yeah. Well, we don't know. We haven't seen. We haven't. That's true. Seen, that's true. And that's you true. know where the, you know where the Whitney and Chad storyline is going and you oh. know TC is not going to be fucking happy. That's, that's a good yeah, point. No. That's a good point. All right. So let's get into his passions. Let's do it. So I made like a list 
of like just the basic storylines mm-hmm. and then we kind of talked about it and my list is very like moments that I like things that I hate and it's bare bones so we're just gonna get into it okay let's do it so the first storyline I would love to talk about is the most important storyline which is the magic storyline like all of the magic shit which is my favorite element of all things it's great yes. I love this yeah so my favorite one of my favorite moments on my list is Grace levitating <laughs> you remember how shocked how shocked we were I think Grace levitating is the thing that made me decide that I really wanted to watch this show I it, it I was so it boggled the mind it boggled the mind because it hadn't really been set up in any way all of a sudden this woman was just flying out of her window in her sleep <laughs> I mean, she was sleeping on top of the comforters, which I will never get over. <laughs> what are you doing, Grace? Light as a feather, stiff, stiff as a board. Stiff as a board. And then the next thing I have is the bees, which is like in the, that same episode, basically. Yeah, it's in the, the same. The little girl with the bees. The little girl who, can we just call her an angel? Why did, I guess they don't, why do they not call her an angel? I was going to say it's because they don't believe in magic, but they're very faithful people. They pray, they go to church, like they believe in angels so why are they calling this a little this apparition a little a girl, little girl. Yeah. apparition i don't know i don't know i don't know either i also love all things tabitha tap the the moment when tabitha brings timmy to life yes is i mean just iconic i wish i it's an iconic moment but i truly wish that timmy and tabitha had more to do because right now they're kind of delegated to this region where they only do recap. They recap and recap and recap. And then Timmy is kind of used for hijinks sometimes. Yeah. And I want I want more backstory, A, which we're getting now and I love. And then B, it's like it's made this because they're designated to doing so much recap, I can't understand if they're actually important in the long term or if the writers at this point were still kind of figuring out what they wanted them to do. Yeah, I think we're just now getting to where they are like, this is what this storyline's going to be. Mm. I think we, I think that's why they were doing so much recap. But it is, but Tabitha does put a lot of things into motion, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. she kind of gave Kay that idea to switch costumes she, I mean, she burned down Faith's house. She attacked her, turned into a dog and attacked her, <laughs> came through the computer screen as a fire-breathing dragon. <laughs> oh, I think that might be one of my favorite Tabitha moments. That was like was, my next one. Was, oh, really? Yeah. You want to read it? I said Tabitha coming through the computer screen. Tabitha coming to the computer screen, a bloated green face, and then it was scary. It was, it like really truly was scary. And then she started breathing fire. And then the head started like was detached. There was like no body. And then it just started like wiggling around. It was beautiful. And then the, remember the popcorn kernels like started swirling yeah. in like a vor- like a tornado, a vortex around. Poor Faith. That would have been terrifying. I w- no. Again, burn your house down. <laughs> burn it down. This place is evil. Yeah. And move. She had she had the right idea. She was like, we gotta get the no charity. We have to leave now. Fuck that boy. I don't care. I'm sure he's nice, but we have to go. Faith was like always at like a, an eleven. She was constantly at an eleven. May she rest in peace. Yeah. R.I.P. Well, or maybe not. I still kind of okay. I'm still kind of thinking that maybe at the end there will be a reunion and she no, she's gone. Oh. Faith ain't coming back. I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it very seriously. And again, I don't remember. I don't remember her ever being in the show. Mm, yeah. I 
Well, that, that should tell me a lot, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, she might come back, but I doubt it. Unlikely. Very, okay. I doubt it very seriously. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hang on to that feeling, though. Got Let's some see more. if we got some more things going on here. Zach says Tabitha and Timmy play off of each play off of each other so well, which is very true. Very, very true. true. I can't believe. I, so I loved reading that they did win Emmys, but I can't believe that that actress didn't win anything. She's she did incredible. She should have. Yeah. Yeah. I think she did for other for her other work, but not on this show specifically. TV movies sparks 88 says love this crazy shit on top of the Ethan and Teresa love story. We're right here. That's exactly how I feel. We're headed there. <laughs> I love Teresa and Ethan so much. I love that storyline. And yeah, the, the crazy stuff just is the icing on the cake. Well, like they were saying in the article, it's like heightening everything makes it more interesting. And that's what soap operas are about. And if you add magic, then you can raise, you can escalate everything even more because then the rules change. Yeah, I agree. I like it. Me too. I like it. Into so, it. Uh, TV Movie Sparks 88 also says, I need a martini. <laughs> Have a martini. We never did get recipes. I didn't know. I never do research. I never do what I say you I'm going to do. What a, you know, like make a yeah. martini and make, make it like however a, you want to make it. Just make a, marti a martini and call it a martini. Yeah. 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 Um, Zach also says she, uh, that she was nominated for a lead actress Emmy in 05. So she was nominated. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That's, she's, she should, she's, she's excellent. She's, she's the best excellent. person on the show. If you ask me, the best actress. Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Because she, she, um, she raises the stakes constantly when I don't know how she's going to do it. And in repeated material. Yeah. You know what I mean? She finds a new way to deliver these recap storylines and she does it beautifully every time, in my opinion. Another thing I love about this storyline was Tabitha's dog fight with Faith. That was epic. Oh, my God. That was epic. And then when she turns back into a human and then they just have like that brawl. Yeah. Yeah. No holds barred, like drag I literally out. Literally throw. I mean, getting big air throwing each other across the room. Those women. Yeah, they were flying. Those were some flying. Stunts. I loved the one where Faith was like holding her up by the neck. Like, you'll. Oh, it was so good. Oh, so, so good. good. And then um, Dana Sparks, the actress who played Grace and Faith, mm -hmm. actually, because I had like put a post on Instagram, like wrote about it. She's like, it was so fun filming these scenes. Oh, and I was like, I can imagine that would be fun. Like blocking yeah. that and then going through that would have been, I'm sure it was a lot of work, but yeah. a good, a, a fun time. A good time. Like yeah, it's a, very different from your regular scheduled day of work. Right. You know, you're yeah. scheduled to just beat the shit out of Tabitha. <laughs> Oh, and, man. and, and beat the shit out of a, a, a dog, a, a right. German shepherd, so a hellhound, I, a hellhound <laughs> with bracelets around its yeah, neck. That way we know it's still Tabitha. Oh it God. had a green, a yellow and an orange. Amazing. <laughs> All right. My next thing says, oh, every single Puritan flashback. Mm. I love getting this Tabitha backstory. I need I more of it. I love getting this Tabitha backstory. The minute they showed us, cause the first thing I think we saw was um, that picture when Faith met Grace online and said, I have the picture of the 300-year-old face of evil. And it was Tabitha in that, in that Puritan outfit. And I was like, this is exceptional. <laughs> <laughs> like, I cannot wait to see where this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, this is what excellence looks like. <laughs> This is what excellence looks like. And it is. It's so, and they just keep building on it. The recent ones 
where, uh, and I won't get into season two stuff, but the recent ones that we've seen where all of a sudden we see charities, ancestor prudence, at the very tail end of season one, we see Prudence, Prudence. being and thouing her way to Tabitha's destruction. And Tabitha with the laser beam eyes. Oh my Excuse God. Excuse me. <laughs> and she sets her on fire. She sets the, 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 the yeah. her skirt, the hem yeah. of her skirt on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, so good. She was just a witch. She was a real witch in the Salem witch trials. Yeah. They caught one actual witch. Or the Harmony witch trials. Because apparently that all happened in Harmony. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they couldn't put it in Salem because I do know that that's Days of Our Lives. That is Days of Our Lives. They don't have a witch. <laughs> in should. Salem? They, in they, Salem. They, they burned them all. They, <laughs> <laughs> they got them all. We got them. They cleaned them out in Salem. We got them out. <laughs> all right. Next, I put the Father Lonigan and Tabitha showdowns. Like any time the two of these people, these two people get together... To fight with just their words and holy water and lots of holy water. I love, oh my God, when he was spraying her with that holy water, she was in that car. The funniest thing I've ever witnessed in my life. Tabitha. In my whole life. He, oh, what well, did he have the little bucket? I don't remember if it was it, or no, was it just the thing? I wish I knew what that was called. I'm sure at some point in my life I was, you know, I. I went through CCD, went through, lived a, a very Catholic upbringing growing up. Like, I'm sure I learned the name, but I don't remember. And, like, no real change in his face. Like, his words were, I will, I cast thee out, blah, blah, blah. Evil will be defeated. And he's flinging this thing at her, but he just looks so calm the whole time. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And this kind of, like, sixth sense that they have for each other. What was the scene? Um when Tabitha was trying to get charity oh, the at hospital. the hospital and she like goes and hides in the closet. And then father Lonigan is like the spirit moves him and he just stops dead in the hallway and like turns. And she's just like, and she, she's just like pretending to be a broom. I mean, he can't see. So, but she's like, if I don't, it's like a T-Rex. Yeah. In a like move in a, yeah. In what's it called? Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. It's like, if I don't move, he won't sense me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now, do you have any more things you like about the storyline? Because I'm about to move on to the things I don't like. I um the magic stuff. I I I will say. Well, maybe this is a thing I don't like. I don't know. It kind of goes both ways for me. I was so unclear for so long if Tabitha was really like a bad guy, and then she just like burnt that dude to a crisp, <laughs> and then hasn't really done anything bad since then. She's tried to, but it's been unsuccessful every time. I mean, she killed Faith. Oh, that's true. She stabbed Charity with that needle and then drug her onto the train tracks to let the train run her over. She's done a few bad things. You know what? You're right. I think <laughs> I think it's just that Kay is so much more evil than Tabitha that I can't believe Tabitha as like the villain of this story. Uh, yeah. And Tabitha is likable somehow. She is. Why is she charming? She's likable. I love her. I love her. All right. So things I don't like. Things mm -hmm. that we don't like. Well, number one, what are the rules? What are the rules of, of the magic in this, in this town? I, I feel like they set up a rule and then they immediately break it. Uh, like, for instance, why is Tabitha so hellbent, and I know I've said this on the podcast, but I'm going to say it again, hellbent on destroying charity, but not Jessica or Kay. They have the exact same, like, same blood and same bloodline and as much of that bloodline as Charity does. I think that's such a great point. And I hadn't thought about it till you brought it up. But she is anti-Standish women. We, we know this. She said this multiple times now. I'm going to destroy these 
the ancestral bloodline, whatever we fought for 300 years, her grandmother, her great grandmother, on and on. So yes, why are all of her, why has all of her attention been turned on charity and faith to the exclusion of Grace and Kay and Jessica, except that she at one point did try to get Grace and then never went after her again. Yeah, because she was saying, I got to get rid of faith and Grace. I got to get rid of faith and Grace. Now it's just charity. Right. And she tried to burn Grace to a crisp 20 years ago when Sam saved her. And then she just was like, "Eh, I tried. I gave it the old college try. So let's see. TV movie. uh, Sorry. TV movie sparks. 88 says there were rules. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We we don't know. What are the rules? And I remember at the beginning of the show, the very beginning where they're like, this is a witch. She brought a doll to life. Grace is levitating. And then that was the end of magic for like 20 episodes. Yeah. And then at the carnival at the very beginning, she made the whole tent disappear. And I was like, that's pretty badass. There's some magic. There's some magic. And then she almost immediately lost her magic. Right. And then, yeah. And then she lost her. Well, she had her little rainbow ceremony. Yeah. Oh, Tabitha is great. Um, Nicholas Vineyard 87 says charity had a good power. So maybe it has to do with their level of power. Mm -hmm. But again, she does say like, specifically, I'm going to get rid of your entire bloodline to prudence in that flashback. Right. So like, I won't rest until all the Standish people are dead. I, I, I don't understand. I wonder if, if this ever comes up later, I guess it, I mean, they're kind of establishing right now that it won't. But they, you know, they've gone back and forth a few times with, yeah. with things. So I just don't know. I will say, like, that is my biggest issue with this storyline mm-hmm. is the is is Tabitha's like issue with charity and not the other girls. Like, that's really my biggest. The rest of it, I can really let go because it's fun. It's really fun. Mm. But that really sticks with me. It just makes too little sense. A lot of it makes no sense, but it just makes so little sense. Well, it's hard to tell if it's a detail that they just missed somehow mm-hmm. or maybe it was discussed in the writer's room and they just decided not to address it maybe it'll come up later maybe I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that i'm gonna say it's gonna come up later maybe it will but but i will say in all world building especially and i might have said this on the podcast when you're in like a, a when you add a fantasy element it's necessary for you to establish the rules um because otherwise people don't know the parameters that we're working in we don't know what to expect what to not expect you can't you can't establish a twist if you don't know what the world looks like and how it operates. Yeah. So it would have been nice. There was, there is a lot of what the fuck is going on because we don't know the rules. Yeah. Um, Zach says maybe it has to do with the fact that Jess and Kay have Sam's blood and maybe Sam's like a, a piece of that. Well, so that, that, and Sam's been there for a long time. So that may be true. Yeah. I wondered about that myself. Not Sam hasn't, his family has though. Right. Right. And I wondered about that myself a couple times where I was like, I think I said this, like, was Charity's father a warlock? <laughs> like her biological father did magic? He was a sorcerer? Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> Harry Potter. Harry, Harry Potter. Snape. Snape. Severus Snape. Dumbledore. Snape. Snape. <laughs> We have to stop. <laughs> Y'all know that, right? The Harry Potter puppet friends. If you know it, they know they, it. Come on. You have to know it. And if you don't, go look it up. <laughs> yeah. It's a classic. So what What were we talking What's about? What's next? For dislikes. Oh, Magic dislikes. dislikes. Oh, and then my next one was, why isn't that angel more fucking helpful? Um, What is her 
purpose? What is it that she wants to happen? Because she seems to just be creating more chaos, not less. Agree, agree, agree. I know that some of our listeners will disagree with me on this one. I hated the Scrabble game night scenario thing. I don't even know. Like, what? 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 That's my, like, what the fuck was happening there? What was the, I know what the angel was trying to accomplish, but that's how she did it. And to go back to what we talked about back when we recorded that episode, the light that like went into her head, was it waking Charity up? Was it a, was it like putting her under an angelic spell? Yeah. What? And I'm going to go even further. I'm going to go even further back to when she like started fucking with Grace in the first place and hasn't talked to her since. Right, right. Hasn't dealt with charity. I mean, dealt with Grace since, but first started talking to Grace. And instead of telling her, like, you have a sister, you have a magic power would have been helpful. Instead of telling her any helpful, helpful information, she was just like, it's time, Grace. You're going to have to be brave, Grace. What the fuck? What do you Can you give me any information? Well, and this is a stint. I'm oh, sorry. No, Go it's ahead. okay. This is a standard thing in many of the books I read, many of the, the shows and movies that I enjoy, where there's kind of like the, the major forces of good and evil, and they're coming together for like the final battle, right? And generally, the rule, as we were saying earlier, that has been established is that the main forces cannot interfere with like the people on the ground. Right. Like the game is going to play out how it's going to be played out and they have to keep their hands out of it because they're like, you know, all powerful beings or whatever. But that was not established because we are lacking rules in our harmony universe. So we don't know whether the angel can directly say to Grace, like, can she interfere that much? You know, but we we don't know what her what her line is that she can walk up to. And so so we just are left with questions. Yeah. So a couple of things. First of all. Tony has sent us a martini recipe, but Tony, Tony, I can't click the link. So like email it to us or DM it to us if you are still here with us. And then um, director uncut said, fun fact, the angel girl who Grace sees often is the same girl who plays Sarah McBride on the last season of Melrose Place. I have never watched Melrose Place. I feel like. Have you? No, I was about to ask Laura if she's ever watched it, but we all know she has. Of course not. We all know she has. She's fixing us. Why would you even ask? Yeah, I was. I was was working on the booze. Yeah, no, of course I haven't seen Melrose Place. Yes, but that's cool that the girl's in it. Getting work. Good for her. Got some work. All right. So, Father Lonigan is the next. Oh no, no, he's not. No, he's not. He's not on my list of things I don't like because I like Father Lonigan. I've I've moved a little bit for like more positively on him. Oh, I like Father Lonigan. Yeah. I just, I, I, similar to the angel, I just wish he was a little more helpful. Yeah. But he has provided endless entertainment and laughter. Yeah. But um, the next thing I don't like about this storyline is Charity. <laughs> I hate her. <laughs> I don't like her. She's so milk toast. I can't. Like, I can't she's deal with so milk toast. I can't. I can't her her whole thing is like she's a victim who's nice to people. Ugh. Charity just has very little substance. When we met her, we it was when Miguel met her at the carnival, and she was nice. Um, she seemed kind of dumb with all the stuff going on with the tent, and her mom was scared, and she's like, "It's okay," and like 
there were just I don't know what am I saying what am I trying to say there's no substance to her I think is what there's I'm no to substance say. to her I will let me say that girl underscore Austin said Laura's charity voice is perfect oh <laughs> advice when I talk like that <laughs> <laughs> it is good it is good it's not there's she has more breath in her sound I'll have to practice yeah Ugh. charity I can't do it fuck her it's like fuck her it's I, like, <laughs> oh wait this it's like kind of like that and then there's like some gravel on the end she <laughs> oh yeah she they just yeah. need to write her. They just need to write her. They haven't really written her yet. She, they've written a story around her, but she's not really participating in it. I mean, she was in a fucking coma, you know, like she's not a character in her own story. And that's the issue right now. Uh, like yeah. she's kind of a pawn um, in everybody else's life, but she is not important herself yet. Yeah. Yet. Hopefully they change it. She, I mean, yeah, she, hopefully she will become important. But like you said, she's a pawn. She's just like there and everybody hates her. <laughs> Does anyone you know, everybody like important hates her? Does anyone like her? Are we like Grace? Grace likes well, her. Grace likes everyone, but like nobody. Uh, I think Jessica likes her. Does anyone listening like her? No. <laughs> I'm <laughs> gonna any, answer for you. No. Anyone defending Charity? Because I would like to know. Well, and then I, well, we'll see if somebody says I'll look. Yeah. Um, well, Zach says that actress, as we say in the South, bless her heart. She just. <laughs> She's just not very good. And I agree. And I'm from the South too. Bless her fucking heart. Bless her heart. Bless it. Jesus bless it. Bless okay. it. Ch- yep. Ch- look, TV's movie Sparks agrees with us. Cherry's annoying. But they said that we're rooting for Kay. And that's what I was saying. Like, oh, I, there's like a moment where I was like, I hate Charity so much. I'm almost rooting for Kay. And I fucking hate Kay. I know. They're driving us into Kay's corner in this boxing match. I'm like, I'm almost there. I don't, I'm sure I will get there if things continue going as they're going. But man, Kay is pure evil. And well, you know, she's more interesting than Charity. She's more interesting to watch. Tony says, patience, everyone. Charity gets so interesting soon. Smiley face. Okay. And then he says, Molly Stanton, Charity actress, is really good. She gets to have some real fun starting end of year one. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. All right. We got one, we got one pro charity. That's good. She needs someone in her team. <laughs> the, then Belle says, um, haha, although I am not K team K for effect because she is just a sociopath. Charity <laughs> played on my nerves too. I like the actress, but the character, it was so helpless. Yes. So helpless. So helpless. You know what? This is what I am. I'm team Jessica. I'm, I'm team, team Jessica. I'm team Durkey. I'm team Durkey. I'm team Durkey. I'm team Jessica. Team Simone. Team Simone. Right for now. Team Simone for now. I like Whitney too. I'm team Whitney. Yeah. I Ter- just. I'm team Teresa. Well, yeah. I love her. Teresa. We're getting to it. We're get, We're going to talk about uh, Teresa. Let me see. I want to say one more thing. Um, Belle also says, even as a 12-year-old, I knew the girls shouldn't be that helpless. Yes. Yes. I knew that girls shouldn't be that helpless. Yes. It's yeah. almost as if they were writing like this damsel in distress thing, but it, but she had no mind of her own. Usually at least a damsel in distress like just has, has a mind and, and cares about things, has passion. Your show is called Passions. You wrote a passionless <laughs> character. Yeah. Well, Tony says she gets better, you're right, so we're going right. to listen to Tony. All right. All right. Let's go on. We're going on to the next storyline, which piggybacks off of this one which is k miguel charity love triangle kind of even though it's not really a love triangle i guess eventually it kind of will be i guess yeah yeah well right now we have a bunch of people chasing each other 
Like, yeah, yeah. Miguel is after Charity. Charity wants Kay to like her, and Kay wants Miguel to fuck her. So, like, that's kind of where we are. <laughs> she tried to, she tried to rape him. Oh yeah. Like, okay. She oh, she's a. Se- I forgot she's a sexual that? predator. She snuck into. Oh God, she snuck into the locker room. She put together that whole contest, you guys. Just the to see, whole contest. Just to see Miguel shirtless and to trick him into going on a date with her. Oh. And then she snuck into his bedroom in like a trench coat and basically nothing else under. Although she had on that ugly night nightgown. Yeah. It was not sexy at all. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. Well, they can't oversex like a teenager, you know, on the show. So, oh, yeah. Which is, it's a good choice that they put her in that nightgown. It also was like the late 90s. Yeah. That, you know. Yeah. They, yeah. they weren't going to oversex much of anything on cable, not cable TV. What is it called? Standard television what is network network television (laughs) that's the one see i do know something about television there so um (laughs) yeah so some of my favorite things here Kay loves mcnell look i felt so vindicated vindicated when we were watching that like it was early on it was like episode two or three i was like mcnell that sign said mcnell you're like oh i didn't see it and i was like kind of left it alone and then we were going back and doing like um some review episodes i was like i'm gonna find that fucking sign (laughs) And you did. And I did. And you fucking did. And I did. And I feel vindicated. It says McNell. It does say McNell. 100% McNell. It does say McNell. It absolutely says McNell. (laughs) Like, I didn't really believe you at first. You said it, and I hadn't seen it, and I was like, okay, Laura. But no, it says McNell. Yeah. I concede, unlike Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) That was a solid organic joke. That was. That was good. All right. So, um, things I also like. Uh, the oh, I love the way like Charity and Miguel met. Even though it was like kind of hokey, I just loved how badly they both were acting at the time. Like I feel like this is a bad thing and a good thing because I laughed at it a lot. <laughs> like just hey, you buying a drink? Um, yeah, <laughs> for you, my mom. You should get the Harmony Special because nobody knows what's in that other thing. Oh, what's in it? <laughs> and then he's like. <laughs> I don't know. I have to lean so close to my microphone when I do the charity voice because there's no actual like sound. Again, like charity, there's no substance behind it. I also love the cross my heart, hope to die. I will never tell you lies. I do like that about this storyline. It grew on me. Oh, I loved it immediately. I love all of these horrible songs. And it's the same singer, right? Didn't you look it up? Yes, yes. Jane French. Jane French. Yes. I did look it up. Yeah. She, well, the music won a bunch of awards, apparently. Apparently. Won a bunch of Emmys. Apparently. 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 You know what should have won? Lobster Shack, baby. Should have oh won. Gosh. I love the Lobster Shack theme that we came up with. And that's we definitely really, wrote that's ourselves. That's not really ours. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't made famous by another group. Seriously. <laughs> okay. So then the next thing is the Harmony Hunk Contest. I did like that. I, I hated the premise of it. I really did. I It's just so predatory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do get that it's a soap opera and they, they're they trying to, they, they have to do what they have to do, you know? Yeah, the premise I didn't really necessarily like as much as how ridiculous it was. It was just, mm. a, it was another one of those things where it was like bad, but I, it was very entertaining yeah. to think about these two girls like tricking all of these dudes into... Into being in a swimsuit Taking contest. off their shirts. Yeah. Remember when the parents 
the Bennett's and the Russell's were like, what do you think those girls are up to? I don't know. Probably no good, but we'll let them do it. But let's just stand here and watch. Let's just see what happens. Let's just stand here and watch. Yeah, that was funny. Um, all, Next thing I like about this storyline is anytime Reese Durkee, Harmony's Turkey, makes an appearance. I love anytime Reese makes an appearance and he mostly only makes appearances in this storyline. I wholeheartedly agree. I love Reese Durkee. Someone just made a comment Harmony's about Reese Durkee, and they are absolutely right. Let me see if I can find them. They said something about him being hot. Yeah, he's a good-looking dude, and he's played by two twin brothers. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, I think someone must have told me that. There's no way I just found that out on my own. I'm sorry, I can't remember who it is, or I'll give, I would give you credit. Um, I just love how sweet he is and how nerdy he is. I love a nerd. Um, and they put him in these hilarious costumes these like hawaiian shirts everything's kind of oversized that's also kind of the the time but these just hideous clothes these thick glasses and he plays it up you know yeah. he'll like put the glasses up and kind of make funny faces like like he's trying i just love it so silly so silly i can't find where the per- whoever said the thing about reese so if it was you just say something again and <laughs> i can't find it anymore we're monitoring many things right yeah i'm now. sorry um, so Zach says it's a triangle, a love triangle in Kay's dark, depraved mind. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes, it is. Um, TV movie sparks 88 says didn't like Kay McGill charity triangle. Yeah. There's not much to like, which we're going to go on to the don't like. Yeah. <laughs> in a moment. But yeah. No, didn't like it. And then there was something else. Oh, Nicholas Vineyard 87 wants to know. He says, I would like to know who did the song, the opening. And it's Jane French. She also did the opening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same. Same singer. Jane French is her name. Reese was underrated. Agreed. 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 TV Sparks 88. Agreed. Love Reese. Yeah. Literally every time he comes on the screen, he makes a great choice. He's fun. He changes the energy. Like he's, he's good times. He is good times. I love Reese. All right. Let's go on to the things about this storyline that I didn't like. Most of it. (laughs) Most of it. I'm sorry, I'm laughing so hard. Just the way you like resolutely turn to the camera. <laughs> Most of it. No, um, this storyline. So this storyline is weird to me because it's like. It, most of it is like Zach said, playing out in Kay's mind. Um, because Miguel and Charity met and they they liked each other. They went on like a date. They went on one singular date. And then Charity lost her memory. And I know you hate that storyline. I don't hate it the way you seem to and the way some of our, lis- our listeners don't seem to like it either. I didn't mind it. Uh, it it kind of made sense to me. I know, that, I, know that, I know that it could never really happen. But again, I'm suspending reality to go into this world and, and just have to go along with these things. And to me, this is one of the more plausible things that has happened. Charity's charity is so feeble-minded. Are you charity telling me that so a little subliminal messaging wouldn't work on her? You know, I hated it. I hated the the whole tape thing, as we've discussed at length at this point. But one of the things I also hated about it was that it happened so soon. Like we didn't get any time to learn about Charity. Really, mm. they did that. We she we got her to Harmony, and she lost her memory. Yeah. Well, I wonder if the journey is going to be recovering her memory or just starting fresh. Like, is she? Are we going to rebuild charity? Yeah. Not ever knowing who she was before. Yeah. 
I, I don't think so. I think she'll get her memories back. Yeah. 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 Um, the next thing I don't like about it is Kay's escalation to full-blown psychosis. The, her, her escalation in this was just awful. The way, oh God, the way they developed her was horrible. But I think it all makes sense. I think it's all in line, which is more than I can say for some of the other characters where they do things that don't make sense to I agree. me. I think from the beginning, and we were kind of, we were talking about it and kind of making jokes about it a little bit, but also not. She has been a predator from the beginning. She has been like her first opening line when we met her was something about how she's going to like kill her sister, cut (laughs) off her head and flush it down the toilet. Like, and that's like within the first five minutes of meeting this girl, she's awful. And it's just gotten, I mean, and and of course it gets worse from there. It escalates, but she's a, she's a lunatic in a not lovable way. Yeah. Katie, I'm sorry. Katie, K. Airheim. Airhern, maybe? Sorry if I'm messing that up. She says, hello from North Miami Beach, Florida. Hello. Hello, hello North Miami Beach, Florida. <laughs> hello from Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. All right. So let's keep going. Let's do it. With this. Uh, things I, another thing I didn't like about the st- storyline, charity. <laughs> charity is the thing you dislike in every storyline. Story yep. Anytime she shows up, dislike. Don't like. Again, she's just very milk toast right now. Everything happens around her and to her. She's not really an active participant in her own life, which is annoying to watch, and it needs to change. That's what I have to say. Now let's talk about my boo. My boo, Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. <laughs> I love Teresa. So we're going to talk about the Teresa, Ethan, Gwen storyline now. Let's do it. Ooh, y'all, I love Teresa. Um, Somebody on here, Nicholas Vineyard, was saying that he didn't like Teresa um, over Ethan all the time. And then he says, Teresa was a stalker. <laughs> Look, she, she was. was a stalker. She was a stalker. 100%. Um, she went into his home pretending to not pretending to be somebody else, but physically pretending to be somebody else in disguise because she was a stalker. Yeah. Yeah. But I love her nonetheless. This is the difference between Kay and Teresa. They're both doing pretty questionable at best things questionable at best that's generous generous. Teresa locked one in a closet I mean uh, yeah um but they write Teresa in a different way and it's more I don't know why but I'm behind her and I'm not behind Kay yeah well let's talk about it so okay things I like about this storyline most of it I like most of this storyline um I love Teresa's incredible ability to escape any situation. Like, think about all of her harrowing escapes. (laughs) All of the escapes we have witnessed on this show, and it's only been 100 episodes. She's had to escape a lot. She has moxie. She has gumption. Gall. Gall. Unmitigated gall (laughs) is what this bitch has. I love her. (laughs) She, She will go the distance. I, I can go, go the distance. distance. She can I will go the find distance. my way. Yeah. I'll find my way into the crane mansion. Into Ethan's bed. <laughs> this yeah. girl. This girl. So, yeah. The, the the escapes. The one from the mansion was my favorite. Oh. Like, when she was trapped in by the 12-foot gates. And, and the dogs. And the dogs and had Ethan, been let out. And then her brother showed up, gun drawn. And then she crept into the back of his Jeep and escaped. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Amazing. So, Amazing. sweetheart underscore Lauren D says, 
Gwen is unfortunately a bystander of someone else's love story. Very true. I agree. Yeah, you yeah. wrote that's really well said. Swag dude uh 17 says Teresa is the show and you are right. <laughs> yes, I love it. Um Zach says I love me some Teresa and Ethan, my dum dums. <laughs> <laughs> She's determined and he's dense. That's true. The D's, the double D's, the double D's, determined, determined and dense. What? That could be our new Dar- Darcy Dumb and Desperate. Determined, determined and dense. dense. Uh, maybe, what was I going to say? Oh, the line that Alice, or was it Julian? Alistair, I think, said that Julian has a sharp legal mind. I've never laughed more. I've I, never laughed more. I laughed so hard. I'm trying to think of a time when I did laugh harder. They, I know there were a couple of times where I cracked the fuck up. Tabitha dancing around the Halloween oh pyre. When she goes, happy Halloween, my children after throwing those like grapes into the fire oh i i no i laughed the hardest when she was like about to throw her last like charm into the fire or whatever and father lonigan showed up (laughs) and she was like not you again (laughs) that's when i laughed the hardest the hardest yeah yeah Yeah. oh my god all right so yeah oh teresa's disguise that was another thing teresa's disguise teresa okay so teresa really was not stalking ethan at the beginning she had a crush on like a semi-attainable person in the way that like i might have a crush on a famous person who happened to live in new york that makes it more likely than than me having a crush on a famous person who lives in like la you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's kind of like when i say plausible that's kind of where i'm coming from um then she manifested that shit yeah. she manifested it yeah. she kept saying it till it came true and it did i love her she 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 and ivy i think we've said this are like the very similar characters yeah where they um and i don't want to say that they're shameless but in a way they kind of are like they will go after the thing that they want and not give a fuck about anybody else yeah which i mean the other side of that coin is pretty pretty dislikable yeah pretty unlikable well one of our um viewers or listeners sent us a question about the characters Mm -hmm. what was it let me read this i wrote it down sorry no no it's okay so lauren wrote in and said which character in harmony are you most like and why and the second half is and which character do you wish you were more like yeah and i said that well i'm saying to you now I feel like I'm most like Simone and I would want to be like Teresa. And we can get into that more later, but the shamelessness, like I wish I could be more shameless. I feel like I would get further. And we've talked about this. You and I have talked about this before privately where I have a couple of friends who just seem to be so oblivious to just like social norms that they just, they tend to not fail, but shamelessly push themselves up for like they excel at things through some shameless shit, even though they don't, it's not and mal- it's, mal- uh, malicious. At right. All. And the thing is, it's for me, at least from what I've witnessed in my own personal life is it's not necessarily people who are, are earning their accolade or earning whatever it is. It's, they kind of just bully their way to it and not necessarily in a mean way, but they're just kind of pigheaded and they just go after something, even though they don't necessarily deserve it or aren't really right for that, but they just keep, 
pushing until the other person like kind of says, kind of gives up. Yeah. Relents. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, the thing is, is like, I feel like every way I say it, it sounds mean and I don't want it to because I've seen it from people that I actually really like. Yeah. Um, but it is a quality that I think because I, I think what the, we, the reason it comes out of my mouth that way is because I don't like it. I'm so not like that. And even though I do admire it in other people in myself, I think I would look at that as a negative. And does that make sense? It does make sense. Okay. That's, I mean, that's why we aren't like yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, I, I also want to shift from like shamelessness to like a certain level of obtuseness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause I do feel like shamelessness means that you know what you're doing, but you don't give a fuck, which there is a level of that there for Teresa for sure. But there's also like this, like, obtuseness Mm. of like everybody's telling you there's no way this is gonna happen but you're like no i'm pretty sure it is it's fate i and over the moon about like the littlest things you know the littlest the littlest things oh my god we're at the same movie it's meant to be wait a minute when he looked into her eyes when she had that chicken mask on That chicken mask. Also, I would eat at the chicken coop in a heartbeat. Fuck yeah. Go get a chicken sandwich, a fried chicken sandwich, some pickles on there. Yeah, I'd mm-hmm. eat at the chicken coop. I'd eat all, at all the, I would, I would eat at all four restaurants in Harmony. <laughs> the, what is it? The book, <laughs> the book cafe, the chicken coop, the lobster, lobster shack. shack. What's the other one? Oh. Oh, burnt down. The burger the hut. The burger I hut. I forgot. Well, yeah, and the, the chicken coop is there now. Right. Yeah. I'd eat at all three <laughs> restaurants in Harmony. Yeah. Oh, the book cafe. I go to. I guess I'd go to the book cafe. Get a donut. Did you see those croissants? Oh, I'd get a croissant. Hell yeah! Some buttery, buttery flaky. Flaky crust. <laughs> what was it? Buttery crispy flake. <laughs> That's another thing. If you haven't seen, you need to go see it. I can't these, tell you what it is, but it's these, like this commercial. Jack and something. Jack and Gloria. Of maybe? these two old people trying to do this commercial for their like hometown restaurant, and the the man cannot get his line, and it is hilarious it's like two minutes long it's on youtube worth it yeah you can go find it sorry we're not helping (laughs) yeah all right let's see what some people are saying here a buttery crispy flake (laughs) oh swag dude 17 says teresa is a warrior because she never gave up on mary and ethan regardless of what obstacles were in her way yeah well that's like the positive that thing i think that the other side of the coin which is like you you get what you want you don't give up you're persistent you doggedly go after that that thing until you accomplish what it is you desire and that's pretty cool uh sweetheart lauren says if if julian is smart in legal sense then trump was an amazing president (laughs) she's coming in with the burns i love it yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah was being the operative word was yeah uh, she also says that Teresa believed in the secret before it was even popular, which is true. You know, the that secret is, is like that guru book. Yeah. 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 Um, and TV, that movies. guy was awful. Also, there's a really good podcast about the guy who wrote the secret. And I think there was a, the movie was based on it or something. Shit. I forget his name. Ugh. It was, and I forget the podcast. I should look it up and tell y'all, but it's yeah. really, really good. I think it's just called Guru, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's it's really enough. fascinating. Um, I, would, I would definitely recommend listening. Yeah. Rebecca Davis Blogger says, I am a Teresa mixed with Ivy, period. Yes. Mm. Yes. I Yes. 
Teresa mixed with Ivy. Teresa and with money. they're kind of the same people. If you give Teresa money, she's Ivy. They're so much alike. Yeah. Really, they're so much alike, but mm -hmm. um, Ivy's such a snob. Well, I think that's probably why Ethan kind of secretly loves her like mm, he's some, got that oedipus complex he's got that oedipal complex acts absolutely i mean he we've uh, look ethan and sheridan are in love let's be honest <laughs> that's the real love story of passions is the, the, the forbidden love of uh, our, a nephew and his and his um aunt oh tv movie sparks 88 says would love to go to the lobster shack hell yes yeah get some lobster get some lobster rolls some lobster newbert some Newberg. <laughs> I keep saying it Newbert. That's not a thing. Lobster Uber. <laughs> I, I still keep hearing lobster Uber. I swear I do. <laughs> lobster <laughs> Uber. <laughs> Great. Okay, let's get back. Let's to this. keep going. Let's keep going. Um, we talked about the whole stalker thing. I enjoyed that storyline. Yeah. Like, minus Frank Lomax. Oh Even my. though he was fun to make fun of. Frank Lomax was the saving grace of those 30 episodes where nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. It was all Frank Lomax because I loved to hate Frank Lomax. Yeah, we shat on him for a while. Forever. First, we started shitting on Sheridan because of that stupid storyline in Paris with the Princess Diana stuff, um, which, as the article that Zach sent us talked about, Buckingham Palace took uh, some real umbrance with that and uh, put shut that shit down. But as soon as that ha happened, like, Frank Lomax walked in, and I have not stopped hating him since. And yeah. he hasn't been on the show for another 30 episodes, and maybe. I, yeah, I, he was awful. awful. I did not like him Fucking pedophile. That was, yeah. awful. that was just, every inch of it was wrong. Also, just the way, that face he would make. Whitney, why are you lying to me, Whitney? You're such a liar, Whitney. <sighs> oh, I hated him. Oh, I hated his stupid <laughs> face. All right, going on. Um, oh. Ethan being doused in a new gross substance every episode. I miss that. Let's bring that back. Let's bring that back. I really like that. That poor actor. God, every she got day. him good. She got him. The every fish. day he would have to go to work and just get, and he probably did, had to do multiple, multiple takes. takes over and over and over again. Yeah. I, uh, I, f the fish one was pretty gross. Yeah. That was disgusting. I mean, it was, it, they they also did as much as they could with that. Like you can only do that so many times before it's like, all right, I we've seen it. You know, that's enough. Oh, girl, sweetheart Lauren says Frank Lomax is the laxative of passions. It is necessary, but still full of crap. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> do you write taglines, Lauren? Yeah. Like, why are you? Are you an author? I'm serious. You're, this is great. I love it. It's these one, these one-liners are spot on. Yeah. But yeah, he was getting dumped in shit constantly. Yeah. That poor guy. Yeah. The liniment oil, I think, was the last one, right? E yes. And then that was kind of it. Yeah. yeah. I oh, think. Man. Ethan. Yeah. I think Ethan, so. Ethan, Ethan. He's yeah. just, he's another one where it's like, what is, what? I think I said this on the show. What's going on inside of his mind? It, again, it's just that monkey with the like. Yeah. The symbols. With the symbols. <laughs> it's like an organ grinder monkey. Like. Yeah. <laughs> A hurdy gurdy player. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone know what a hurdy gurdy? A hurdy gurdy. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. Look that, at that. That's a music degree. That's right a music there. degree. That's two music degrees right there. <laughs> I know what a hurdy gurdy is. Hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about Gwen and Ethan and Teresa. Um, the next, because the next thing I liked about this storyline is like Gwen's instant jealousy and and insecurity. And I also said, can we talk about how Ethan proposed to her twice? And she said, no. 
Now look at you. Now look at you. When was the second time he proposed? Okay, so the help, first help time, me. the first time they were at the fair, he got down on one knee. Teresa could see them, remember? Right. And she like screamed and, and he proposed, he was proposing to her. Right. And oh, she, yeah. he, propo- he proposed to her. Right. And she was like, let's go check on that person. It sounds like a woman was really, you know, and she just was like flippant about the whole fucking thing. And then he proposes to her again on like the grassy knoll. Okay. Okay. You're right. I, I think, I guess in my head, I kind of, uh, had like proposal part one and then proposal part two, but it was the mm. same thing, but you're right. He, he, he really did go after it again and tried to get a yes, but she said no because of a fortune cookie. She's going to regret that. She, she already know, does. Has Gwen always been insecure? Like, has she always kind of relied on like her sex, her sex life, her sexuality with Ethan to like carry the relationship? Because from day one, they were very physically affectionate, but she's always seemed really insecure. And I wonder if that has, like, is this a carry through from, like, earlier on when we didn't see this couple? Like and what, Or is this manifesting because of Teresa? And this is where I have to give the Writers of Passions a little bit of credit. Because what I think is happening is, or, or what I hope is what they're trying to do, is showing us that Ethan can talk very easily and freely to Teresa about his feelings. Cause we've seen multiple times now where he's like, I've never talked to anybody about this. I never tell anybody that, you know, maybe I'm making the wrong decision about my life. And we never see those types of conversations between him and Gwen. That's a really good point. And I feel like that's kind of a point they are trying to drive home is that their relationship is more physical than it is emotional. Right, and you have to have that emotional connection if it's gonna if yeah. there's any real substance to your relationship. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like because I think because she is from his social set, I feel like he also feels like he has to meet a certain standard and do a certain live a certain type of way, and so he can't tell her that he doesn't want to go to work. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, I, I, and I, I think she would probably. I think Gwen like loves him. Truly Gwen loves him. Gwen loves Ethan. Regardless of his status. I'm going to say something is. else. What? I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why Teresa loves him. I guess in a little way I do because Ethan represents like a life that Teresa wants. So I do understand that. And, but I don't get Gwen and Ethan. Like I just, I don't understand it. Well, but they were pushed together from children. Right. Yeah. That's, you know? that's a good point. They were basically betrothed to one another right so Mm. and so and and pilar actually makes that point she says they've been together since they were children this this marriage is expected she thinks of ethan as hers let's see what other people have to say about this yeah i'm sure there's a lot of thoughts about ethan and gwen and Teresa. at least about ethan and how dumb he is how did he get a law degree how did he pass the bar (laughs) how did he pass the bar exam (laughs) <laughs> um, TV Movie Spark says Ethan and Teresa had more intimate relationship than Gwen and Ethan. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And he that that person also says that Ethan and Gwen were really a, an arranged marriage, which yeah, that's uh, true. That's a that's a really good way of thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, sweetheart Lauren also says he probably thought the bar was a drinking exam. <laughs> <laughs> Would he be very good at that, though? We haven't seen Ethan do much of anything. Yeah, he's such a lump. Not even drinking. He's such a lump. Oh, All Ethan. right, anything else you want to talk about with Teresa, Ethan, Gwen? My, let me look through my notes here. Under Ethan, I wrote, this man is dumb. 
So let me see. That's all I wrote there. Yeah. Um, oh, I do want to talk about Teresa's friendship with Whitney. Yes. Absolutely. I want to talk about these two. I love their friendship. I love how it goes back and forth and they support who they support each other. They're really there for each other. They're honest with each other. Teresa says things to Whitney when she's talking about the tennis stuff. She's like, you know, I didn't know about this about you. You haven't said that. And I think that this is really big and you should dive into this more and talk about it with your family. Cause it's obviously important, you know, and Whitney had never had anybody tell her it was okay to not love tennis the way that everyone wanted her to love tennis. And I think it's really important that Whitney pushes back on Teresa with her fantasies with Ethan and says, I understand that you love this man and you, you have expectations, but let's temper that a little bit and, and get back to reality because I love you and I want you to have a happy life. And I don't know if this is going to be it. Yeah. You know, I agree. I think that I love Teresa and Whitney's relationship. I love that friendship. It is very different from the K-Simone friendship, which is can easily, we can easily compare the two. You know what I mean? And like both of these girls, Kay and um, Teresa are both like after a man who basically at the beginning of the story doesn't really know they exist Mm. in that way. right? Right. And their best friend, these sisters are trying to tell them like, get a grip, (laughs) girl, get a grip. But how does Teresa handle that? She says, thanks for talking about it with me, but I'm going to do what I want. And how does Kay handle it? She slaps her best friend across the fucking face. I was so glad you said that because that's what I was. She slaps the shit out of Simone. Yeah. Yeah. So I, again, can't stand Kay. I think her toxic relationship with Simone is awful. And then the, the, um, uh, the foil relationship is, uh, is Teresa and Whitney, which I really, really love seeing. And to kind of talk about that question, like, who do you feel like? I actually kind of feel like a Whitney. Like I, I think I relate most to her character Mm -hmm. than, than to some of the other characters, um, at least so far in the show. Like I think, you know, having a talent, mine obviously is not athletic. Mm-hmm. I was actually athletic as a kid, but like musically talented mm-hmm. and having a family who is really supportive of that, which in many cases you, you know, you don't have that. And, um, and yeah, just kind of wanting to fulfill like that older sister role. I'm the oldest in my family and wanting to like take care of people and nurture people. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of, I feel like and even with Whitney, how we joke about her being too much of a mom. I think in some ways I kind of did the same thing Yeah, with my friends and, and with my siblings too, and kind of just took on some responsibility there that wasn't really asked of me or necessary, but did it anyway. I don't know. So I'm Simone and you're Whitney. So you yeah. know what that makes us? Sisters, sisters, never were there such devoted sisters. What's the melody? <laughs> never was there such, never was there such devoted sisters. That's it. I yeah, think. that's what it is. Yeah, that's fine. It always makes me think of the Lawrence Welk thing that they do on oh, SNL yeah. with uh, what's her name, Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig with the tiny hands. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Never were the first time uh, I said. Sweetheart Lauren says that friendship is honestly so great and what was needed. We need more positive representation of women helping women, not tearing each other down. Yes. Yes. And yes. I think it stands in stark contrast to what's happening with Gwen and Teresa. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nicholas Vineyard 87 says today, Whitney and Teresa are still friends. I think he probably means like the actresses are still friends. Oh, yeah. I love that. I hope they are. I yeah. hope they're real friends in best in real life. Well, they went through cause they were young when they were making this, um, this show. And then they were, worked together for like 10 years Yeah, that's every true. day for 10 years. 
Yeah. And you know what it's like to work with a team, like, like doing shows. I mean, obviously we we're not film actors or anything, but being on stage, like you, you go in and you rehearse intensely for like 10 hours a day, sometimes longer, depending on if you're like in production week and you're doing really intense stuff and you're telling love stories and really dramatic things. And sometimes you're, you know, like murdering other characters and like going through this really like very Mm -hmm. emotional, heavy material and it's it's so intense that you build like a real relationship like it's mm-hmm. kind of you kind of fast forward through like a year or two of getting to know someone and mm, you dive right absolutely. into like really hardcore things where you have to trust each other on stage know that your partner is going to be doing what they need to do like it's really it's intense and like it can be two weeks three weeks four weeks yeah. long and you walk away with like a lifelong friend absolutely yeah um sweetheart learn also also says so this is my astute kind of objective opinion but whitney and Teresa are two people of minorities for the most part so they understand each other on a deeper level when Kay and simone have a more and it goes to power dynamics so i think it probably is like a different power dynamic because mm-hmm. of their race differences i think that's probably a fair observation i never thought about that i, I think that's yeah. interesting yeah but you still shouldn't you especially shouldn't slap someone if you especially should not be slapping a black woman if you are a white woman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't suggest it. I don't. Oh, I don't suggest I mean, I haven't, slapping anyone. I haven't done it. Wouldn't suggest it. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe just keep your hands and feet to yourselves, children. Yeah. Like, keep, yeah. Can we can we just do that? Keep Is your bodies away from each other's bodies. Yeah. I say I say that to my kids at school all the time. Keep your bodies away from each other's bodies. Like, yeah. I, it's, it's beyond hands and feet to you. Because they all, like, throw their bodies onto each other. Not, like, in a hugging way. They just, like, ram into each other. These kids are crazy. <laughs> well, especially in a time of corona. Like, they've yeah, got it. They have to have that to be bubble. Distance. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. They're supposed to be distant. So then it's, like, th- that's another reason. I'm, like, keep your bodies mm-hmm. away from each other. Mm-hmm. Whole body. Move. All of your body. Yeah. And all of its parts. Yeah. Keep it away. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go on. Things you don't like about this storyline? Anything? I didn't actually write anything. Okay. Things I don't like about the storyline. I do not like the way Ethan speaks to Gwen. Yeah. I hate that. Do not like the way that Ethan speaks to Gwen. Um, It seems to be kind of isolated. We only, but it, yeah, it seems to be isolated. He doesn't seem to treat other people that way, but if he's treating the person that he loves that way, then, then what kind of a man is he really? I don't like, I feel kind of like, you know me, me back in the French Parisian stuff, how she was always kind of like just talking to camera, like mm-hmm. every, every line she delivered was straight to camera. Mm-hmm. I feel like Gwen has a lot of that going on. And I just wish she had a scene partner. Cause I think, I don't want to be mean, but I think that would help her. Yeah. Like she's, I think she just needs an acting partner in the, in the scenes that she's doing right now. Cause there's a lot of on the phone and straight to camera and it doesn't, it's not good. It doesn't work. Yeah. All right. You want to go on to the next storyline? Um, yeah. All right. Next storyline, Sheridan and Louise. Sheridan Louise. and Louise. Shuis. Shuis. Ah, I think I saw somebody whose name is Shuise. Oh, really? That must be what it is. I didn't put it together. Sheridan and Louise. I started off this show loving Louise and loving how passionate he was um, about social justice and being a great person and being there for his family and being, yeah, I just, I really started off the show loving Louise, started off the show hating Sheridan, mm-hmm. finding her to be pitiful 
thinking she has no backbone, like really, really disliking her strongly. They're kind of switching for me where the more I find out about Sheridan, the more I like her. I'm especially recently she's standing up for herself. She's kind of carving a path for who she who who she wants to be mm-hmm. and, and walking down that road. And Luis is saying he wants to be this person and then is doing something opposite of that. Like, I don't I don't they're kind of flip flopping to me a little bit. A little bit. I, I definitely I I think we're just seeing another side of Luis. Whereas with Sheridan at the beginning, we were seeing one side of her that was kind of shitty, but it also just wasn't developed. Like it was nothing. It was nothing. She was in Paris and she was basically charity as she is now, like simpering and uh, like just pathetic. She was pathetic. I really wonder what that storyline was going to be. Thank God they had to scrap it. I, I would love for Roger to come to Harmony. I I know, I don't think it's going to happen. I would love, like I said earlier, for Hank to be the American arm of Roger's under, like, uh, underworld empire. And he's, I don't know, he's coming to do do nefarious things. And that's why he's, like, ingratiated himself with Sheridan. Like, I I love that. I doubt that's what's happening. I mean, he's definitely in Harmony for a reason. Why is he in Harmony? We We're haven't talked about out. Hank yet. We're going to find out. I want to know why he's in Harmony. What the fuck is he doing there? Like, they dropped that one little tidbit about the being on, like, the FBI list. Yeah. And he's, then he's, he's just... Some shit. And now he's just a dude. I, uh... But anyway, yeah. He's just... Sheridan. Paris. Sheridan in Paris. Actually, we've got some people who have some things to say about this. Okay. Um, first, Zach says their chemistry is absolute fire, Sheridan and Louise. True. Yeah, they do well together. Well, they're both so beautiful. Oh, my God. It's hard not to get have sparks flying between those two rock-hard bodies. They are, oh, my God, they're Sheridan beautiful. has a crazy haircut, and they have her in, the like, the 90s of 90s clothes. And she is so gorgeous. So gorgeous. So gorgeous. And she's she's a good actress. I really enjoy her when she's on screen. Um, even when she has bad lines, like she's totally in like dedicated to it. And yeah, Luis is uh, is so good looking. It's ridiculous. These two, yeah, these two, and he's a great actor too. Like yeah. they're they yeah when they're on screen together, it sizzles. Yeah, girl Austin says Sheridan and Luis. Um, Sheridan and Luis's fighting is so annoying, but when they're cute, they're really really cute. True. Oh my God. That's one of the things I don't like about this storyline is like the amount of bickering they do about the same fucking thing over and over and over again. Like, Oh my God, give us a break. Totally agree. Yeah. I am so tired. You know how Timmy and Tabitha kind of do the recap for the show of like, this is what's going on. And this is why we hate charity and we're going to kill her and blah, blah, blah. Luis and Sheridan recap the same argument over and over again and the way they get to it is not always clear like they all roads lead to these two arguing for no reason yeah. and yeah i'm i'm already over it and i need it to stop sweetheart lauren says sheridan's haircut walked so kate, so kate goslin's hair could run <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm dead oh that's so awesome I oh. love it. That's oh, so can funny. you say it again? That's so good. Sheridan's haircut walked. 
so Kate Gosselin's hair could run. <laughs> oh my God, hysterical. I love it. I love it. I love so it. So Kate Gosselin's hair, Kate and eight, Kate and John and Kate plus eight, yeah. right? But Kate, now no John. Yeah, then it was just Kate plus eight. Okay. John got cut out because his name didn't rhyme with eight. <laughs> <laughs> Nate and Kate plus eight. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> have to change your name if you want to be in this show, John. And then Zach says, are we really surprised that Sheridan was a little screwed up given that she grew up with Alistair as a father and Julian as a brother? And that's like what we're learning. Right, right. Right. We didn't know them really at the beginning. Right. Well, and the way they were kind of talking, the way that she was talking about her life is, oh, I'm so sad that I haven't found true love. And that was all she talked about. And it wasn't until pretty recently really that we learned how awful Alistair is. We still haven't seen him. Yeah. We, we haven't seen him really. We've only heard his voice on speaker, uh, speakerphone with Julian. And then we've, we've really, Julian's been greasy from the beginning. Yeah. But we didn't see but him we for didn't the first see like 30 episodes. For a long time. Yeah. And then he's been kind of sparse in there, but now he's there a lot and he's awful. And yeah, I, I 100% understand why Sheridan was the way she was. She was sent to, it's like a, like an asylum in Paris as a child and then just dropped off and left there and told that that everything she believed to be true was a lie. I mean, that's going to fuck with your mind. Yeah. Poor Sheridan. Yeah. So some things I liked about this storyline, like especially the earlier part, Mimi, may she rest in peace. I love <laughs> Mimi. R.I.P. Mimi. May she rest in I peace. I loved her. I gave her like her own Instagram post because I liked her that much. She yeah. was in like eight episodes. Jean-Luc, may he rot in hell. May he rot in, yeah. <laughs> but no, that, ugh. I loved Mimi. I thought she was hilarious. Yeah, she was I good. I thought she did a great job. <laughs> she was good TV. She really was. That Paris montage. The Paris montage. They actually went to Paris. They spent money on this daytime soap. They spent the majority of their money on for a storyline that they had to tank. <laughs> remember the remember uh, yeah. the Princess Diana light when Sheridan oh had her God. little her little accident. She had her coma, and I then Princess Di that. came and spoke to her. I forgot all about that. It's me, Diana, Lady Diana, <laughs> with like this really bad British accent. Like a person off a rando person on the street can do a better accent. Oh my God! It was just the actress that plays Charity doing it. <laughs> it's me. Princess Diana. <laughs> you can look how small the sound waves are. When I'm doing the charity voice. Versus when I laugh, I guffaw like a man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Going on. Moving on. Um, oh, gosh. The way that Jean-Luc and Mimi died. That whole bait and switch. So dramatic. And Sheridan doesn't know about it. Sheridan doesn't know that her ex-fiancé and his lover were blown up by a bomb meant for her car. That is my next note about things that I like about this, which is that is Sheridan's complete lack of knowledge about anything that happened in Paris. She doesn't know that she narrowly escaped Paris. Yeah, Roger was going to murder her. He put a gun in some woman's back at the airport yeah. that he thought was Sheridan. She was on the Concord, though. She, she, was, on, she was on the Concord on her way back to Harmony. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. She was already on her way back to the U.S. of A. U.S.A. U.S.A. Especially today. Especially today. <laughs> U.S.A. All right. Especially today. All right. What else we like about this? Uh, sh- oh, 
Sheridan's return to Harmony, and when she went on a high-speed chase with the police. I, I really couldn't stand this, this side of Sheridan. I really couldn't stand it. She was just so awful. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the word. Awful. Awful, awful is the word. You awful. got it. You found yeah. it. Entitled. So entitled. Horrible. But it Rude. Was, but it was hilarious it was when she funny. went to jail, which was my favorite part of this. Whatever happened to that colorful older lady in the in the jail cell with her? I liked her. I almost called her Marge, but Marge is the fish lady. Well, Marge is what I uh, named the fish lady. Fish lady had a name, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, because they told it to us the last time like we ever saw Abigail her. Abigail or something. Who something? cares? Eh, it doesn't matter. So what? Who, so what? Who cares? Is that a That's thing? from SNL. Yeah. Oh. So what? Who cares? They do like a. They used to do this um, bit about the View, and uh, that was like the J- Joy Behar um, yeah. impression. So what? Who cares? It was Fred Armisen who did it, which uh, you don't like him. So I don't. That's fine. Mm. I think he's funny. He's all right. But I think he is like, some people like him, some people don't. He's a divisive comedian. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The nation is divided (laughs) on Fred Armisen, among other things. Mm. All right. So what else do we like? Oh, I loved Sheridan's growth and how she like, once she got back, how she stood up to Alistair and Julian, although we haven't seen Alistair, but she says Alistair, you know. Right. I, I agree. I think the um, the magic box, Tony the Magician, or what, what, Misha, Misha the Magician at the Lobster Shack, I think uh, that was kind of a turning point for her where she, that thing that she had kind of been shoving down had, ma- had reared its ugly head and she knew, I can't just keep avoiding this. I've got to deal with this. And she kind of fought that at first, but she she's really started to come out of that shell and and talk about it with people and stand up for herself and, and speak to Julian like an equal mm-hmm. where I think as, as the younger sibling in a family that kind of banished her, she never had the opportunity to do that or felt like she could do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm real I'm really liking Sheridan's character and the direction they're taking her. Yeah. They're building her character. Yeah. You know? All right. So let's talk about some of these things people are saying. Let's do it. Uh, uh, sweetheart Lauren D says, poor Sheridan. She had to be named after a hotel. <laughs> yup. The Sheridan Hotel. The Hyatt. Zach Hyatt says, Crane. Zach says, Mimi, Mimi's probably resting in pieces. That car was blown to hell after all. <laughs> and it was <laughs> smithereens, is, uh, if I recall correctly. Rest in pieces. Rest in pieces. <laughs> oh, no. Poor Mimi. I'm laughing. It's funny. It's hilarious. Poor Mimi. Uh, let's see. Who else says something? Sweetheart Lauren says, couldn't she have driven to a donut place, give the police some food before they drive her to jail? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay, stereotypes. She She also says, happy early birthday. Thank you. So let's keep going. Anything else we want to talk about with the the likes? Oh, shirtless Luis. Big like. Big like. Hard like. (laughs) Hard like. Sheridan. My like was so hard for that. Sheridan is so lucky. And yeah. she doesn't even understand. Yeah. She understands. Luis. She's seen him. She saw him all the way naked Ooh, in the locker room. She saw and him. then at Pilar's house. In, oh, yeah. Well, in flagrante. Yeah. Oh, well, they did that sexy tango for 15 full minutes. Yeah. They did a sec- he followed her on the beach. Oh, my God. Without Ugh. a shirt. Oh. I think. Didn't like that. Yeah. Didn't. Didn't care for that. Don't like that. But shirtless Louise, I'm here for it. I love... God, I love that man. Yeah. 
<laughs> I Luis, but you know, all for me, all roads lead to Sam. Well, we're going to get to Sam. <laughs> like, I love shirtless Luis, but like, Sam in anything. Sweatered Sam. Sam has like muscles. So, it's Sam, sexier than shirtless Luis to me. Sam has muscles in a turtleneck. Mm. And I would like for someone to explain that to I me. I love him. I, yeah. I, I love Sam. Yeah. And have you seen him slash recently? J- <laughs> slash James Hyde. <laughs> he, he's the best, but let's finish up Luis and, and Sheridan. Yeah, let's go on. So shirtless Luis, anytime Luis comes up with no clothes on, I'm into it. Then they <laughs> find ways. They find new and creative ways to keep Luis shirtless. And I like it. I keep coming back for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I also like Luis's populist values early on. Well, throughout. You know? Well, like, yeah, he is, he's a social justice warrior, but that's because he's, he's lived his life. You know, he's giving his firsthand perspective. His, his, his lived experiences are informing how he thinks about the world, which everybody does. But I like that they were so fearless in putting those uh, into the lines that he delivered. Yeah. You know, that's not something that you see in, in television. Especially in 1999. Especially in it 1999. Was- yeah, it honestly is a little groundbreaking because mo- it really sounds like the rhetoric that we were hearing from like Bernie Sanders. It does, but 20 years ago, which I mean, Bernie was saying it then. But- he was saying it then, but nobody was having any conversations about it, and it certainly was not said on network television. Exactly, yeah. There was another, I think Zach sent us a review earlier that called it multi-culty, and the, and the writer, the author of that was obviously kind of like making a jab that it was multicultural, but I don't think that they realized that that's, that's, um, a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the foundation of, of being a decent society, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, that was one of the things in that review that really kind of made me roll my eyes. Mm -hmm. It was like, Oh, do you just want everybody to be white? Obviously, you know, and have like your one token black person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't, he couldn't deal with a token black family. It was too much. It was too much. All right, let's go on to things we dislike. Okay. Number one, the Princess Diana bullshit. I didn't I didn't like it. I, I didn't like it as a story. I thought it also, you know, they're capitalizing on some on a huge loss, which I don't care for. I'm glad that they had to abandon it. I wish they had thought about that um, and had the foresight and wherewithal to abandon it before Buckingham Palace took issue. Like, I wish, I can't believe it, that idea was, was discussed in the writer's room, and then everyone was like, yeah, let's do it. That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds great. I, I see no problems with this. Like, what? What? Oh, my god. Again, may, a different time, maybe? I mean. Yeah. I guess. But even, like, thinking back on it, that still seems really, I think maybe they thought they were being kind of cutting edge or something. It was I don't, in poor taste. Maybe they thought they were being fucking edgy, but, no. it, yeah, it was in very poor taste. Yeah. Um. Let me see. Uh, Rebecca Davis blogger says, I want Sam to be my lover. Me too. And then she also says, that's why Ivy could not get over him. Oh, yo. Get in line, girl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's why Ivy couldn't get. And she's with Julian. Can you imagine going from Sam to Julian? I'll throw up just thinking about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm like sick thinking about that for Ivy. She went from Sam to Julian. And not just like physically. Like Sam is a, such an, a kind, lovely, supportive man. And Julian is a toad. Slime. In every sense of the word. Sentient slime. Sentient slime. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All right. What else don't we like about this? About 
I forgot. Sheridan, Sheridan and Louise. Louise. Sorry. <laughs> the, the champagne, Louise. I think, is kicking in. Uh, what don't I like about Sheridan Louise? I just wish we could get a little more information about Louise's Latin background. I hate this. Mm-hmm. Like, really. So this kind of goes on the other side of, like, the multi-culti thing, where it's like, this is a really cool thing, but only if you do it right. And they've been really lazy about it thus the, far. The execution is poor. Yeah. And then part of that, it goes to the fact that they didn't hire any writers of color. Right. Right. So they they try as they might. You can't write people of color fully fleshed out as a white person. I'm sorry, you can't. You can start and maybe find a person of color to help you along. But you, if that's going to be a part of their character, if that's going to be part of who they are and it's going to come up, then you shouldn't be the only person writing that character. Right. Right. Yeah. So well said. That's. I think that's part of it. Yeah. I think that's part of it. But yeah, that is annoying. It's the very old annoying. country. And it comes up a lot. And that's why I'm getting more annoyed with it. Like every time they bring it up, it's like, well, just, just give it a name. Where are they from? Where are they from? Like, yeah. do you have, you have a plethora of things to choose from. I just do, pick one. I do think eventually they settle on Mexico. That feels right to me, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Let's see if anybody knows. <laughs> well, this isn't about it, but sweetheart Lauren says, why isn't Sam 500 pounds with all that tomato soup cake? Because it's gross. <laughs> it was good cold. Yeah. Once we, we, we put it in the refrigerator. I put it in the refrigerator. and was like, okay, I'm going to try it cold. And, um, then the next day I was like, I'm not going to eat that. It took me like three days to work up the courage to really try to eat it again. And then once I finally did eat the cake, it was like, all right. But then I immediately gave the rest of it away. <laughs> <laughs> all right, going on. The last thing that I hate about this storyline is Hank. The last thing I hate about the Sheridan Louise storyline is Hank. I Why are you here? Hank is just inconsequential right now. I'm waiting to see what happens with Hank. I really was irritated by him at first. But I think, you know what? I think that most wanted thing has kept me, my, has kept my interest peaked. Like, I, I am curious to see what, what happens with Hank. Okay. So Swag Dude 17 says the Lopez Fitzgerald family are half Mexican, half Irish. So. Okay. Uh, Lauren wants to ask. No, she wants to, can ask more questions. Sure, Lauren. Yeah, we'll see if we ask can a question. Get it all done. Yeah. Rebecca Davis Blogger says, "Eat the cake anime." I like that. Eat the cake anime. That's from something you've never seen, which is what's love got to do with it? About Tina Turner's life. We're gonna have to fucking watch. We're it. gonna have to watch. You that. haven't seen no, it. I haven't you have seen to it. See it. It is a classic. All right. So let's go on to the next storyline, which is oh, I put in right here the Martin disappearance storyline and we haven't learned very much about it yet Mm -hmm. but i do think it's worth talking about for a second do you know the The martin Martin story the martin Martin story the martin Martin story do you know the martin story we've told it 19 times damn it i thought we were gonna do that he lives on railroad street he lives on railroad street yeah (laughs) um yeah we know the martin story very well now I'm very familiar with it. I'm tired of hearing about it, but we can talk about it, though. There's a, well, and I want to talk about it because I kind of want to talk about Pilar a little yeah, bit. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I have no problem discussing it. I'm just tired of characters telling the story over and over again. Yeah, there's not really much to say about the Martin story. We all know it. We're not going to tell it. I'm not going to tell it. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you going to tell it? Absolutely Everybody not. knows it. We're not going to tell the story. <laughs> Go back to the last episode of the podcast and you will hear it. All right, so, um, but Pilar seems to know way more 
and she's letting on this. I only know this because we did start watching some of the next season episodes and we're not going to really get into that. But there was one point in like 101 episode 101 where I was like, oh, she definitely knows something. Yeah, Pilar, like, uh, has always seemed like the keeper of the keys. I might have said exactly that same thing on on the previous episode. But she seems like she knows a lot more than she's letting on. And we talked about this a little bit, where Pilar seems to be at the center of it all. So if one thing unravels, then then the whole sweater is going to fall apart, you know? And so I think she's afraid of all these different secrets coming out because one leads to another. Yeah. And she... What does she know, A, and how is it going to affect these other characters, B? Yeah. I think those are the things that we're waiting to find out about. Yeah. All right. We can go on. Okay. Move on. Julian, Ivy, Sam, Eve, TC. I, like, lumped them all together. Yes. Because okay. that shit is crazy. Uh, so many questions. Let's see. I want to talk. Let's start, let's start with TC. Because what I have are secrets for TC. Um... What the fuck is going on with the shed? What is his past with Julian? What's going on with his knee? Why won't he talk about it? Like so much about TC. We know right now he's like a pillar of the community. And then everything else is a big question mark. Yeah. I'm so curious. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I know a little bit more about this. This storyline, I know, I think I know a lot more about this storyline than like a lot of the other ones. I remember a lot of the bigger points. Thompson, sorry, Thompson Craig is just such a mystery. <gasps> Thompson Craig, such a mystery. Thompson Craig Russell. And I yeah, and I know that you can't you you don't want to give anything away, which I appreciate, but I just I um I just want to know so much more about him. Yeah. And he's so he's very intense, like he's intensely supportive of Whitney, uh which kind of causes him to ignore Simone. You know, yeah. he's intensely private even with his wife. He doesn't share anything with her she's a medical doctor Uh, like why won't he talk with her about his knee that could be that could be a resolvable issue that's one of the things i wrote about these the storyline that i hate tc's refusal to talk to eve about his leg and let her help yeah like he kind of feels like he has to do everything on his own i guess but that's not how a partnership works but even if she can't help you with your legs you you should still talk to your wife obviously i don't know there's the emotional component as well it's not just physical yeah so some other things I like about these this group of people, uh, Ivy shooting at Julian with the blanks, but with a very real gun. You loved that. Oh my god, I lo- oh, it was excellent, beautiful, <laughs> e- excellence in motion. I didn't like it as much as you did, just because it's a, it, it takes it too far for me. But it's a soap opera, so I get it. But for drama, yeah, yeah. I mean the way that she played look played Pilar in that moment where you think she's getting all dressed up. She's going to go like try to make up with Julian and throw herself at him. And then she comes back and gets her fucking gun. (laughs) (laughs) Her gun in one hand, her locket in the other. (laughs) I love her. I I do love Ivy. Yeah. If I can't be Teresa, I'd be Ivy. I think I, you know, I, I, again, they're, they're very similar. I like Ivy. I am really Worried about this Ivy Sam thing and where is it going? And the, the the thing is, as much as I love Ivy, and this kind of is the second half of uh, Lauren's question earlier, is which character would you like to be more like? I would like to be more like Grace. And I know some people are going to meet that with ire because a lot of people seem to think that Grace is boring. Grace is great. 
Grace has a, a good family minus Kay. She's got a, uh, you know, she's got a strong marriage minus, a, I guess maybe not because he's lying to her. Uh-oh. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no. But she, she's hardworking. She's loving. She's kind. She's supportive. She's smart. She's been through a trauma and is living her life regardless and is trying to make the world better than when she left it. Like, I really do like Grace. She made a tomato soup cake. <laughs> She's trying. I, I like Grace as well. I do like Grace as well. I don't, I wouldn't want to be Grace because I don't think she's interesting. Grace is great, but she is a little boring. Yeah. And which most boring people lead great lives. You know, I think in real, real, real life, I would be Grace. But in Harmony, I would be yeah. Teresa. In Harmony, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. In har in the world of Harmony, I would want magic powers. I would be Tabitha. Although I definitely wouldn't be Grace in real life either because another thing, like... Well, Grace again, has magic. Yeah. We haven't seen it yet. But yeah, yes, that's true. I, the thing about Grace is she... She's she's boring and she doesn't have much of a, she doesn't have a personality. Mm -hmm. She's nice. Yeah. She's like she's like a step up from charity in that way. Like she, she definitely knows who she is and what she's about minus the first 20 years of her life. <laughs> she don't know shit about that. But she's very confident and she's very different in ch from charity in that way, I think. But. But as far as like, who are you? Like, what makes you interesting? Yeah. Well, I think she like, I mean, she's a wife. She's a mother. She's a business owner. She is a contributor to the community. She is the social chair of basically every activity. She's active in the school. She is active. I think I think in I think Grace and I'm not talking about like the character that she's pretending like playing. I think Grace has character mm. and I think that that is not true for a lot of the other characters in the show and I think that's something that I really like about her yeah I am um, I'm I'm willing to meet you in the middle on this one yeah yeah I am because I really like Grace yeah but I I wouldn't be her she's not no. yeah she's not dramatic things happen to her but she's not in the middle of it which I which I get if it's a soap opera you want like high drama so. I like to make a spectacle of myself too much <laughs> To be Grace. Let's see. We got anything new on the live? Rebecca Davis blogger says, TC was a great role model dad. I want to see more fam more families like the Russells. Um, if there was a spinoff with two of the show's main characters, which characters would you want it to be about? I like this question. Ooh. I like this question too. A spinoff with two main characters. Like in the same storyline or in two different storylines? you want i think okay but like they're in, in the same show mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i don't know i think i would really like to see miguel <laughs> mcnell i really like to see like dumb dumb miguel in like a buddy cop comedy with simone <laughs> okay Okay. Like they're detectives. And I feel like we talked about this before, but like they have to, he stumbles upon um, a lot of clues and yeah. people just will talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's, he's so, so nice. nice and so open. Everyone will yeah. talk to him. Okay. I can see that. I can also see, well, we already know my favorite spinoff is Hank and Frank. Hank and Frank. Hank and Frank. 
and Hank is just committing crimes left and right, and Frank can't fucking figure out who's committing the crimes, and they live together. To me, that's 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 hilarious. Gold. But my, I think my second choice would be like a drama with like TC and Chad, like this boy who doesn't have a family and is all alone in the world, and suddenly this man has decided to step in and be a role model to him and kind of lead him, teach him the ways of the world, and I, I could see that being like a really beautiful drama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. But Hank and Frank for, for life. Hank and Hank Frank. Hank and Frank. Hank and Frank. Sitting uh, down at the potato crate. The, the potato crate. <laughs> I love the potato crate. Our Boiled re- potatoes. Our, our restaurant in Harmony. <laughs> the, fourth, the fourth restaurant in Harmony. The potato crate. <laughs> Enjoy your carbs. <laughs> you want a big plate of starch? Because we got it here at the potato crate. Here are your complimentary boiled potatoes. <laughs> Charity's the waitress. <laughs> I take your drink <laughs> no Therese is the waitress but she drops everything she's dressed like a potato with eye holes <laughs> potatoes have eyes <laughs> Ethan comes in recites some fucking poetry <laughs> I can't fucking breathe oh my god but Ethan comes in <laughs> we've written we've written it we just wrote it you're drunk I'm not drunk I'm just funny <laughs> i love it i'm really warm though. i am too it's I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fan myself over here okay and then another question we have from sweetheart lauren she says if you were a soap opera actor would you rather be in a coma or have amnesia coma amnesia coma i amnesia. love to i love to sleep any excuse <laughs> to I, stay in bed i think amnesia would just be so much fun like you can do so much with that you can go anywhere with amnesia and you can forget like it's like you get to build a new character every time i think that would be fun okay yeah I, well i was thinking about it as like how would i feel to live through this thing like i don't want to have to live through amnesia a coma you are not awake for yeah i know oh okay i know how comas work all right i would want amnesia okay because then there's a mystery to solve too that's the thing like you get to be anyone you want to be and you get to decide you get to like be deliberate about about who you are as a person but also there's a big mystery to solve i love a mystery yeah okay. right that's what's keeping us hanging on for this show i mean it's not not only that but we want to know what's going on with chad and his family mm-hmm. his history we want to know what's going on with all these secrets that were talked about with julian like that the mystery of it all yeah yeah i'd rather just sleep okay sleep through it That'd be awesome. All right. I love, oh, God, I love that. I mean, I wouldn't love to be in a coma. I, I said that very weird. That was very weird. <laughs> I wouldn't love to be in a coma, but like, <laughs> but like, may, I mean, maybe. Oh, God, I just want to be in a coma. <laughs> said no one ever. I just want to be asleep. Anyway, let's go on. Okay. Let's go on. Anything else we want to talk about? Um, the mystery surrounding Eve and Julian, I'm interested in. Yes. Which we are getting to the kind of getting into that. Yeah, we're getting into that. I want I wrote I want to know about her past with Julian, the secret. I imagine that it's Chad, but then if it's his own mother who's rejecting him, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then we think I, I think I know where Whitney and Chad are going, but then they would be related, and I I, I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. Don't tell me. Don't spoil I'm it. I'm definitely not going to tell you. Oh my god. I also want to know. We're and we're getting into it now. This whole story with Orville, the old guy, Orville, old man Orville, and like how 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 this all fits together. I'm really interested about this. Absolutely. Also, 
We need to get to the bottom of why Eve does not have a relationship with her family. We will. And like Simone and Whitney have never met her, her parents. Do they have cousins, brothers and sisters, siblings? Does TC know his in-laws? Like what? I, there's, there's so much with the Russell family. I know what's going on there. I'm, and I'm not going to say. I can't wait. It, it, it's, you're going to have to wait. Oh. <laughs> it's but coming, but, but you're going to have to wait. Okay. It takes a while. We like, uh, yeah, this takes a while, but, yeah. but you are definitely on the right track for okay. sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, also the mystery surrounding TC and Julian. Right. Yeah, that exactly. Yeah. What happened there? Is Julian at the root of TC's knee injury? Is this a tennis injury? Is this what what stopped his own Olympic dreams? And it's so interesting that both Eve and TC have a history with Julian specifically. Yeah. Where he because he's not someone who interacts with the, the peasants of harmony. Yeah. You know? They both have a history with him and neither one of them know about it. Right. Which is, I think, the most interesting thing. Right. Um, so we'll see. Mm. I also loved that disastrous dinner party. Amazing. I wish it had gone on longer to be perfectly honest. Yeah, me too. They kind of did it in like two episodes and I could have, I could have spent a week at that house at that dinner party. It was just so uncomfortable and awkward. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Things I don't like about this, how snobby, um, Julian and Ivy are. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All snobbery. of them. They're all snobby. All the rich people in the show are very snobby. Yeah. Oh, anytime Julian tries to seduce Ivy. Crouching Julian hidden dignity. Whenever, <laughs> whenever Julian tries to seduce anyone, it's horrendous. That's all I have to that's say. That's all I have. And that's all I have to say about the that. The end. Period. The I end. love it. Um, I already said the thing about TC's refusal to talk to Eve. I don't like that about mm-hmm. his knee injury. Yeah. I don't know. And I, to share anything with her. And the, and the thing about the shed. Yeah. That she doesn't even know what's in there. On her own property. Yeah. Girl, are you crazy? Bodies. Body. Bodies are what's in that shed. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the floor. What if he just has a band? Like- <laughs> oh, what if he has an animatronic band that <laughs> like- he's just been building for years? A bunch of like, like a, the Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck- yeah. <laughs> That's what he's got going on. He's like, oh, we got 2 a.m. band practice. I love speculating about what's in the shed. Because <laughs> I think I said before that that's where he keeps his Lunchables. <laughs> <laughs> just a big fridge full of Lunchables. Just a bunch of Lunchables. <laughs> Not in a fridge. Just going bad. Oh, he's a Lunchable hoarder. <laughs> yeah, what is in that shed? What's in that shed? And I can't, I can't believe that she doesn't know. I can't believe that. I can't, and that she's not really curious about it. She's worried about him not sleeping, but she's not worried about what's in the shed <laughs> and keeping him awake at night. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And they all know about it. Whitney knows about it. Presumably Simone knows about it. Yeah. Like, are we going to know about it? Eventually, I hope. Okay. I hope. I also said that I, Julian is another thing about this storyline I hate because I hate Julian as much as I love Sam. You know, it's funny. I, I, I do hate Julian, but I enjoy when he's on screen. Like, he does a I, good job. I hate his character, but I love kind of watching what he's doing, except when he's trying to seduce people. Oof. Yeah. Oof. He also is another one that kind of moves the story along. He does a lot. Where Tabitha and Timmy don't, don't have much to do other than recap, Julian has a lot of forward motion, lots of momentum. Yeah. He, he's kind of at this, 
it's weird because like a lot, he's at the center of a lot of stories, even though he doesn't really participate in them a lot. He just finds himself at, like a, a piece of, of that, I guess. What yeah. am I saying? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm a little tipsy. All right. You want to finish this bitch up? Let's finish this bitch up. All right. Let's talk about Chad, Whitney, and Simone. There's not a whole lot to talk about there, but um, I loved meeting Chad in L.A. I loved seeing all of that nonsense. High drama. Oh, my gosh. That oh my. producer, like, pulled the gun on him. And, and then he got the better. And then Chad actually got the better of him. Yeah. And then his, his, uh, his caseworker, Henry... Henry, I think was his name. Mm-hmm. And like all that stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, there's this mysterious box with full of secrets and it's just cutouts from a, from a newspaper in Harmony. And yeah, his whole, his whole um, journey has been really yeah. curious. Curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> yeah. That was so ridiculous. The newspaper with his name written on it. Handwritten. It wasn't like printed in the newspaper. It was just written on it. Yeah. Okay. Odd. Okay. Um, the jacket debacle. I enjoyed immensely. I, Chad is just like, what? Because Whitney was like, you're involved with my family and I hate it. And Chad's like, your sister sold me a coat. That's it. There is no involvement. Like, I don't know why you're on my case. And I, I do. Yeah, I like Chad. I really, I really, I mean, I like the Russells. I like Chad. I like this whole storyline. Again, I'm just, I would just want to see where it goes. Yeah. I'm excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Things I don't like about it. The fact that Chad doesn't like Simone. And so, again, this goes back to the question of who would we be? And I would be Simone. I like you. I like me, too. I don't get it. Trevor Noah would like you. He would hate me. Not true. Untrue. But honestly, I, that Simone, the, one of the things I don't like is that she likes him so much. And he is kind of mean to her. Not super mean, but like when she shows up to Orville's apartment, he's just like, what are you doing here? I don't know. And she's like just trying to be supportive. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I would say, I wouldn't say he's necessarily mean to her because we have seen Chad be his fuses short, which mm-hmm. I actually don't like about this. I think we've talked about it in the show. Like the two black men in the show both have anger issues. It's yeah. like, all right. But I roll there. But I think beyond that, I don't necessarily think he's mean to her. I do think he's kind of dismissive. But he's still nice to her. He still gives her the time of day. Okay. But I, 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 I do wish that he had feelings for her. Yeah. That I do wish that for for Simone because I she's just so left out all the time. She's left out of the family. She's left out of her own friendship with Kay. She's left out of, you know, out of a potential love story with Chad. Like it's yeah. I poor I Simone agree. is in for so much heartbreak. Yeah. <sighs> sad for her i know yeah i want simone to to be happy because i do i really like her she she and sam i think are the two smartest characters like they put stuff together before anybody else she should be a detective yeah these two these two (laughs) she should make detective before louise does (laughs) yeah Yeah. louise just pulls a gun out and thinks that's what being an officer of the law is like that's literally his what he does another thing i dislike about the whitney chad simone thing is how awful Whitney is because I love Whitney and I hate how awful she is to Chad yeah she's being awful to Chad because she's dealing with her own stuff in a bad way and Chad knows her secret and that's why she's being mean to him and I think it's unbecoming of who she is yeah um and I'm annoyed by it and I hope that it ends soon 
Yeah, well, she, but she was being mean to Chad before he even knew those things about her. That's true. She's been really nasty to him, very judgmental. It, it is. It's very unbecoming of who she is and, yeah. and that who we know her to be. And I think that's why it's bothering me, bothering me so much is because they have forced this narrative that Whitney is like super judgmental. And I just it doesn't ring true for me. I agree. I do think a part of it is because Eve took such a strong stance against Chad from jump. And I think Whitney had that conversation with her mom pretty early into meeting Chad about maybe I want to like live life and experience things and walk on the wild side a little. And her mom was like, don't you dare do that. And so I think she is now pushing back against Chad because her mom did. And she's, she's wanting to please her mom in that way. Yeah. I don't know. But again, I think it's flimsy. It doesn't seem to speak to who she is. Um, and I would like for it to stop soon. Yeah. Oh, I also hate, and this is similar to like the Luis and Sheridan dynamic, like this whole idea that you really hate someone before you fall in love with them. And listen, I have, I have never once met somebody who I was like, I hate that motherfucker. And then I was like, oh, actually, I loved, like, there were, I have had one time in my life where there was a person that I just, like, really didn't like, no, two times, I really didn't, li- no, just one time, where I really just didn't like this person, and it tur- they turned out to be great. But it was after they, like, had gone to therapy and came back and apologized to me for things, you know, like, they had done some work. I have never once not liked someone, like, to the point where I'm arguing with them And then I'm going to fall in love with it. I just, I hate that trope so much. I think usually it's the opposite. Like you fall in love with someone and then it ends and you're like, wait, you're terrible. And this relationship is toxic and now we hate each other. But to your point, I, um, I really don't care for that because I do think that it teaches people or shows people that something that is toxic and unhealthy can lead to something beautiful, which isn't true unless like you said people follow through and go to therapy and get help and deal with their stuff and then yeah but hate doesn't leave to love it doesn't no and if it does then 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 something's off get some help yeah get some help yeah Uh, no um zach says ben masters who plays julian let's going back Mm -hmm. is slimy slithery snake but very he does it very well he does it very very well yeah very true and then melcy underscore 89 who just joined us Hi. Hi. Says, I love the way Simone was the one who was confrontational to her mom. And yeah, like, I like that about Simone too. She like stands up for who she wants to be. She, I, I, again, I identify with Simone. I love my parents very, very much, but I am not going to just try to please them just because like to my own detriment, you know? Well, and that I think is that question earlier about who do you see yourself most in. And I most see myself in Whitney because I, I do please other people a little too much and think about pleasing before like just being who I am. And that has especially played out with like my own family dynamics. So, but, but I, I agree. I think, I think that's one of the things that's most interesting about Simone. I love that scene that she's talking about where Simone like went off Mm -hmm. and spoke some, some fucking truth, real truth. Yeah. Some real truths. Yeah. All right, that's like it. Do you want to go over um, anything else? Out, you got any outstanding business before we I'm wrap just, it up? Just looking through. I don't think so. I think 
we did everything unless there's any quick questions that we saw coming through. Yeah, nothing so far. Anybody have anything else they want to say before we sign off? Anything? Let's see. Give it a little second so people can type with their thumbs. Jenny Boo. <coughs> Jenny Boo, and she says, with Whitney and Chad, I agree. But with Louise and Sheridan, I feel it was so much of a pride and prejudice thing. And I agree. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Their, yeah. their situations were definitely different. Um, but they do bicker a lot. And it is kind of like they do start with that, like, hate situation. Not necessarily from Sheridan's side, but Louise literally. I hate it, those cranes. But was it's like the because, first line he said. But his whole thing was he was just prejudiced. Oh. I guess Whitney was super prejudiced against Chad. Yeah, but the thing is, is that Sheridan and Luis had like some, they had a court battle. That's like their first interaction was a court battle and then kind of sexual harassment. You know, like there's, there's some stuff that makes sense for them to dislike each other. And for Whitney and Chad, Chad has not been, well, he sat in and listened to Whitney's like story, uh, pretending to be her father, which was kind of fucked up. But she just went at him for no reason from jump. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that that creates a little bit of a difference from the Sheridan Louis stuff. But I, I, I hear what, what she is saying, and I, I do agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree, for sure. Heather M. Buttram says, you guys are amazing. Thanks for the show. Thank you, and I'm so sorry I mispronounced your name. That was terrible. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Heather. I love Heathers. I haven't met a Heather I didn't like. We have had a few Heathers that have been, like, so nice. Yeah. And written us the loveliest things. I've and, never met a Heather yeah. I didn't like. Yeah. Honestly. Um. Then let's. The Rebecca Davis blogger says, love you guys. Love you too. Aww, Rebecca, you thank too. you for engaging with us today so much. Um, Melcy underscore 89 says, there are a lot of things about the show that didn't make sense. Yes. So much. And we, we try to make sense of it on our own. And I think that filling in the gap helps me for whatever reason. But a lot of it is speculation. Yeah. So... Rebecca Davis blogger also says we are trying to get passions on Netflix or Hulu. The actors said the actors said they would do it. I would love that oh. because actually I think I missed. She said if passions were to come back, like what would you want to happen? No, Swag Dude Seventeen said that if a passions reboot happens, what would you want to happen? And we can't really answer that question yeah. because we have only gotten through season one. Yeah, I mean I know some of the things that I would want, but. I need a refresher, honestly, on passions. And I don't know the story at all, so I can't I can't speak to that. But that's yeah. a good question. But I would love to see it. Yeah. Oh my god, I would love to see it. So yeah. whatever petition y'all got, send it to me. I'll sign. Yeah, let's let's get in on it. I'll sign. Um, let's see. Whitney was more scared of falling in love because of miserable stuff that she was that she saw and she was going through. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, she was miserable. Yeah, she's she yeah, she she's is. She's really unhappy. She is, yeah. And then Bell underscore SCH underscore O eight says, You guys are great. I love the podcast. Keep up with this great job you do. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. So we're gonna wrap this thing up. Yeah, I think we should keep going with the thank yous first. Yes. Thank you so much. We kind of started this little project in the middle of like hardcore quarantine here in New York and it has grown to something that I don't think we really expected and it's because of you. So thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for checking out the website and buying merch and getting t-shirts. Thank you for engaging with us as we do our first live. We should have worn our t-shirts. Oh, I didn't think about we that. Think I wore mine it. yesterday. It was dirty anyway, but thank you for watching the live. Thanks for writing in. Thank you for your emails. It's just wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. It's amazing. I love, uh, it really gives me so much joy. As a matter of fact, yesterday we were like, 
looking at election coverage, and we all know how that has been. Um, and Laura was like, this isn't that important or something like that. She was like, you probably won't feel that this is that important, but we got an email. I was like, are you kidding me? That's like the <laughs> highlight of my life right now. Are you kidding? Yes. That is more important <laughs> to my emotional health. It really is. Yeah. And I think this is a difficult time for a, a lot of us and being able to do this and feel a connection and build a community and, and, and have it be like uplifting and fun yeah. is so important when so much of this year has been anything but. Yeah. So but we're on an upswing. We're this on an upswing. This was a great day to do a lot. This was. This was. Yeah. So thank you. And if you haven't already, follow us. We're on social media. Obviously, you're on Instagram with us. So you know that. We're on Facebook. We have TikTok. Email us at passionspodcast at gmail.com. Tell your friends and family. Uh, check out the website. Anything else? Did I miss anything? That sounds good to me. Let's sing it. Okay. You are my passion for life.